the dark arts. See, they ran out of ideas about 15 minutes ago. So, Phelan might be the eternal optimist, but I'm not. Come on, Danny. Danny Montreal into the box. Yates in our box. Tries to pick a cross. Yes! The young lad has done it for Robert. And then Rory and Raku have stayed away from Phelan in case it gives me a close line. He somehow managed to get the ball away. Welcome to Head and Eastland, episode 167, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the prop, Carl Riley. Still in isolation, Gary. Hashtag free Gary P. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm going, I'm going crazy at this stage. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. I can't imagine, like, I was talking to a neighbour, and he's done it three times. So I'd definitely be flying over the cuckoo's nest at this stage if I had to do it three times. Um, it's it is it's mental. Can't imagine it's not great. times now. We're getting out of there. We're getting there. Everyone's getting better. We're much better now. We're getting there. So uh, we're going to talk to our sponsors for us. Ocean Electrical, of course, the electrical extraordinaires. Um, they are forever sponsor. Once again, fantastic guys. Google them if you need any electrical work done whatsoever. Um, and of course, that's a credit. Have you had a financial catastrophe in your life? Do you need money quick? Well, call us the credit. They got your back. So that is our sponsors for this week. And of course, don't forget the Four Probs, our unofficial, official beer partner. And uh, they're opened up fully in and out. This whole vaccine thing. Prof, small talk, right? This vaccination carry on, right? I was supposed to get my vaccination on the day Lars positive, right? So I had to reschedule it. I was supposed to get it yesterday, but they had to reschedule it again to get another test to make sure I'm not positive, right? So I'm free to get it now. It's rescheduled. I can go and get it now. I'm just waiting on a text on it. But like this whole vaccination thing that didn't exist before where you could only have an indoor point for vaccination, right? So you can you can go into Liffey Valley, right? You can go into the new TK Maxx store. You can walk around. You can sweat. You can do all these things, walk around indoors for maybe three hours if you want, go shopping, stand in close contact with someone in a queue where you can't go in and sit with someone inside and have a point because you haven't got a, a vaccination because you're not double jab. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not against vaccinations. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm just saying there's so many contradictions here. So I'm not going to be able to go for a point with the lads on Thursday because I'll be able, I'll be able, I'll be over then. I'll be able to isolation then. I can't go for a point with you because you're going to be inside. You're going to be outside the window, talking to us through the window. Head in the window, 
There was some parody the video there the I did today that was quite good. That's yeah, that was brilliant. That, that's the one yeah. I was talking about. I think your man Darren Conway, Northside lad. So that's the issue. I am actually not allowed into the pub to drink with Jules on Thursday to watch the away leg for a student. Yeah, I tried to stop. I stopped trying to make sense of this ages ago. There's no sense to it at all. So can, you can walk around Liffey Valley for three hours, shopping, eating, eating Geno's, eating sprinkles, ice cream and donuts and rolling donuts and stuff like that in the vicinity of these people. There's no one keeping distance and like, it's, it's done. It's, it's gone to the window. But you can't go in and sit and have a point in the corner and snug on your own if you don't have the vaccine. Like it's, but can't that's, you just have gone, a, that's just my personal situation at the minute. Can't, can't you have a point, have a point inside a bar of a hotel if you're a resident of the hotel and you're not vaccinated and you can be served by unvaccinated staff so those unvaccinated staff who are giving you your point will tell me sorry sir you can't come in here <laughs> even though he's unvaccinated or she's unvaccinated and they're walking around serving your points do you know what I mean it's absolutely nuts so I actually have to probably sit in the house and watch that match on Thursday I'm probably going to organise something else I think of something I might pop up and anybody else sitting in the house I might just meet up with them but other than that it's it's insane it's nuts and it's going to create class wars now it's going to be like there's going to be like the Pfizer mob against the AstraZeneca crew oh that's started already the Johnson and John the Johnson and Johnson like mobile will be over there and they're all going to be fighting each other and then they have the unvaccinated filth they're all going to be mobbing up as well. It's going to create civil war. We're going to be suspicious of people who got the AstraZeneca. Like, you just be giving them <laughs> yeah. shifty eyes and work. It's like, oh, I see. <laughs> shifty eyes. It's like, yeah, this, this, this place is not for you, AstraZeneca boy. <laughs> you don't like your anyway, that's, around that's just you. my life at the minute. I've been thinking about it a lot. And it just hit me today that I won't actually, there's a lot, a lot of 50s originals are going to be down in the Irish town house. I won't be able to go. So, um, yeah. That's it's, the, it's a mad situation. Small talk. It's mad, isn't it? So we're going to move on. And um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the late, late shows, Prof, against Twitter and Longford in Tala this past week. And we have another edition of the Tiffany's Hotline. And we five questions, 10 Robert fans calling in. So uh, some really good stuff there. Tiffany's Hotline proving a uh, big success, Prof. Yeah, absolutely. 10 callers, as always. So, uh, I think yeah, I think you'll like this one. Uh, some good questions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh just just for the record, just want to let you know that my wife is now mooning me from the window. <laughs> she thinks this is funny and she doesn't know it's gonna be on the show. So that's it there. Lara Gogglebox taking her ass in the window. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know. Um yeah, so we move on. We got a plug on the unpost app of all places, Profit. Threw it in there for you. I lobbed it in. Um, oh, you had this project in work and it was got to do with damaged items that get damaged on our machine that we work with. And uh, I actually nominated the lady that was doing it, Jackie, Nurse Jackie, as we call her. She's really, really good. She's brilliant at her job. So I nominated her for an award and they, they got wind of it and they wanted to have a little word about it. So they put it in Post News and they put it on the Post app. And of course, I got the Tifty's logo in there and I got uh, the documentary in there. I got the podcast in there. You have to throw it in when you can. It just looks all random. Like you mentioned me and then at the bottom it's talking about a documentary and you're just reading this like, well, what has this got to do with anything? Nothing. <coughs> it's got nothing to do with post news. Nothing. That's what I love about it. 
I, I wish yeah, you, no, really wish you hadn't said coming soon because uh, <laughs> it's barely even no, half come, done. We're just on the back soon, of an, an eight-month hiatus. I know, but coming soon nowadays is COVID terms, which could be three years. That's fair, yeah. I, so, I actually had a busy day on Sunday before the, the Longford match. I was out in Betty's Town interviewing Trevor Malloy. Betty's Town out with Trevor Malloy? Were you out in the, in the sea in the sand? It was right beside the sea, yeah. Yeah, great, great, lovely spot. Some uh, childhood memories flooding back there. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for Take Me Home. So, uh, some feedback from, from last week. And if you want to see that, uh, if you want to see the post app thing, you will be on the post, the post News app. So, yeah, feedback to last week in our interview with Mick Kieran. Mick Conroy said uh, Tiger was a very, very good player. But um, a great talker, You'd love, someone you'd love to have a point with. Imagine sitting there, him telling you, yeah, there's pinching Beckenbauer's arse. You know, just a little <laughs> off-the-air comments he might throw in because he knows he's on air. But it'd be great to have a point with him and talk about Mark and France Beckenbauer. He sent me a picture, actually. I don't know what newspaper it was in, but just the two of them just sort of with their arm around each other. Uh, I think it was taken the day before the match, in probably, presumably in Dublin. So it was, it was like friend, friends now, enemies tomorrow sort of thing. But yeah, then, it's class. Jim Conroy said this. He said, great interview with Mick. One of my boyhood favourites. We all loved Tiger. He wore the hoop jersey with pride and always played his heart out. Excellent stuff, yeah. No, really, um, really was. Um, we have Pierre Fitzpatrick, prof. Terrific interview with Mick Kieran. Is it Kieran or Karen? Think Kieran, I could be wrong. Here, it'd be it'd be Kieran, right? So a fine footballer and a great Wolves team who always gave everything on the pitch. I knew about the bonus row in 1971, and I'm glad he gave his version of events with the Kill Coins. Um, it's just a, like the Kill Coins. The more I hear about them, and the more I hear about them off other players and stuff like that, it's just they were just money hungry, uh, fucking animals. Like it, it just really, they just didn't c- come off well at all. Well, that was probably the two maddest things about the interview. I mean, the, the league season comes down to a playoff in 1971, all the way down to one match. And then you spend two weeks of it arguing over money. And then that affects the players in the pitch. Like, it, it's mad that that could happen. It just showed you they didn't really have the club at heart as well or the results. And what really frustrated me as well is a minor thing is that why would they only open up the pub in the fucking bar in the in the stadium for two hours? after they win a trophy or a league and then they have to go to a different bar <laughs> like it just it baffles me because did they want like they were all about money surely that they would have made money off of that it just it just it, they just I'm lost for words here I just really don't know maybe there you go there's there's another little, little uh, documentary you could go down the kill coins Netflix oh, they're, special they're featured heavily enough in this one don't worry yeah so Phelan, Phelan said, absolutely incredible listening to ex-Rovers player from the 1960s, Mick Kieran. Retail why Rovers let him go. Uh, Louis Kilcoyne really was some piece of work. Unbelievable, really, and great interview. Thanks, Phelan, for all your kind words. Slotting very, very coolly into the commentator's role, I must say, Prof. Yeah, he's, he's been excellent. Um, what did you think of that, actually? Mick was... He was accused of laughing and joking after a defeat. And he just said, well, not, that's just my personality. When the game's over, the game's over. Nothing you can yeah. do about it. Sound like they just need an excuse to get rid of him. It was an excuse to get rid of him, yeah. I'd say so, because there's no way they felt that um, 
there's no way they love the club that much and felt that way about the club to release a player because he was laughing after a game. There's no way. So it was a cop out. So they just they did they did him in. It was a it was a it was a shank job, definitely. And McDera Ferris, he he also thought it was a great show, but he was worried about your fire alarm beeping in the background, Gary. For the whole yeah, show, yeah, I think you might still hear it. Yeah, I actually see the thing is uh, actually, funnily enough, reminding me now, um, all the batteries. So I have to replace them. It's simple, but I've been stuck in the fucking house watching The Sopranos, watching time, watching clocks, watching re-listening to my CD collection. Oh God, you name it, I've been trying to do it. So that's but, been uh, yeah, No, he's right. He's dead right. We're gonna have a fire drill now tomorrow. Since he's reminding me of it. That's been beeping the entire time you've been in quarantine, is it? Yeah, it's slowly been driving me insane. <laughs> slowly been driving me insane. Reminds me of when um, we, we used to record in Johnny Blues. Remember removing all the batteries and the clocks before our show? <laughs> we'd, be, we'd, be, we'd be looking to find them. We'd be going over our ear to the wall. <laughs> and how many clocks were there? There were about 20 clocks on the wall. He was like Doc Brown with all the clocks. Yeah, so you'd be just going up with your ear. And, and you'd know you'd be like no there's one more there's one more I'd be like fucking prof <laughs> but um, yeah so unfortunately we lost another great hoop and Jim McGlone so there was a minute to pause for Jim before the long game on Sunday Barry Shankland wrote this on Facebook at the weekend over the years Rovers have had great legends on the field but yesterday we lost one of the best legends on the stand Jim was always there for a chat before or in the suite or in the stand Jim not only had a great generation Jim not only had a generation of his own family at other games, but he started a lot of others off, including myself, who Jim took to Milltown every two weeks. And only for him, I'm still going today with my girls, which I always be grateful to him for. So rules were, first over to Jim's on Sunday at 2pm, got a lift to Milltown. He just drove. He just loved Rovers, and you could not say a bad word about him. If Barcelona in their heyday were playing our under eights, he would convince you that we had a chance. Jim will be missed by so many Rovers fans. Uh, rest in peace legend so condolences to all the McGlone family and Joe Kevin and Peter who I know are missing at the games and I know um, Kevin in particular listens to the show so um, yeah no big uh, our condolences to all the family and rest in peace yeah rest in peace uh, I didn't know him personally but by all accounts great character great hoop and a gentleman and a, a familiar face at the games so probably going to move on we beat the Albanian side Tuta 1-0 in Tala on Thursday and Brads are stuck with the same start in 11. They had been so impressive against Pats the week before this. So, um, yeah, Prof, we're back. How long's it been? You ready? Quarantine uh, no, has hit me hard. Actually, I do have some pot in here. I might crack it open. You should. You should crack open a bottle. I'm on the cider tonight, actually. I'm feeling something a little bit sweet. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Tuta and um, fucking Hatches were batting down. Uh, like, this is insane. From the sixth minute on, like, they just did not want to play football. I could, I've never, ever seen such a negative performance. And I asked some of our elder statesmen as well. They've never, ever seen such a negative performance. It's no. insane how, how, like, they just didn't want to play football. I know, I met Jim Conroy at halftime with this game. And he was just... <laughs> He couldn't believe what he was seeing, even at that point. And then after the game, he was like, that's the most horrible team I've ever seen play Rovers in Europe in 40 years. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just so bad. 
And like, um, like you said, the time wasting. I mean, first five minutes it was beginning. The goalkeeper, you must have gone down injured three or four times in the match. At one stage, it was we were just about to take a corner, so there was no the ball wasn't even in the air yet, and he randomly goes down. Crazy Eventually, stuff. he actually did hurt himself, and their he, goalkeeper he was old, warming up, wasn't he? Yeah, he did the old uh, substitution sign, the old bring me off, but he stayed on eventually. But like, like, what do you say as a manager? What do you say to your team? What's the team talk? Like, what, right, lads, listen, go out there and be absolute fucking albums. <laughs> go out there and just embarrass yourselves, embarrass your family and be cowardly. Like, that's... Well, that's exactly what it was. He didn't go out there and say, lads, listen, he'll hit them on the counter, soak it up, and then we'll play it into the channels and we'll try and beat them with pace. Nothing like that. They had Sit back, get a draw, and then we'll we'll manipulate them somehow over there. Now, the, the game has been moved inland 100 kilometres, so it's going to be it's going to be hotter. And hopefully, the Albanian Mafia haven't got a hold of the rest family. I've been having all sorts of mad thoughts about this while I've been on my own. This shower had no interest in playing football. I mean, how many times were they in our half in the second half of that match? Maybe and do you once? know the funny thing goes as well? Do you know sometimes when you're playing a team like this, one player always sticks out. I, I, I couldn't imagine. I can't name one of their players that played well or has any sort of football ability. I was only thinking about that the other day. Do you know the way like, when we play uh, teams in Europe... And we always come away with, oh, that guy was, you know, he, he was this kind of player, or he he yeah. was he was decent. Nobody, I couldn't, I can't think of any personality trait other than maybe their fourteen was an absolute bollocks. Like that's yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, once again, the know. ref, the ref was weak. I mean, he has to be stronger. Because, like, how did they avoid so many yellow cards, especially in the first half? Yeah, in particular, I mean, they had a Brazilian on the team, um, pissing rain. I mean, it's not as if he could have... What was his name? I think his name was Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't have blamed it on the sunshine anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, Gartland on commentary said, Stonewall, yellow card. And then he debated with himself whether that's an acceptable commentary term. <laughs> we are 100% saying it is, yeah. Because there yeah. is. There's, there's, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Great, great uh, term. And we'll he go with that, coined. Yeah, yeah Brazzer actually used the word dark arts in his in his interview. I've, I've never heard I a manager yeah. say that before. Couldn't believe it. It's a real thing, though. I mean, dark arts, these were, these were fucking like pitch black fucking arts. Unbelievable stuff. So, we're but, um, yeah, so six minutes, bro. Six minutes in, they started. Um, we had a we had a good start. First twenty minutes, scares of grace. Couple of headers from set pieces. Um, was this the one that he made a point blank save from Grace? Uh, now these were both over the bar, weren't they? I'm thinking of the one that he made from the, he had a point blank save made into the south stand. So that would have been yeah, the first half. Yeah, over the bar, the scales one. Scales needs to get these on target. This was a, like he skied it. This went into the funeral home, like. So yeah, and just the, just after this as well, Danny forced a save from the keeper. Probably, probably should have scored. Actually, could have buried it. Yeah, I think so as well. But overall, it was just us laying siege onto them. who were just sitting back and defending for their lives. And their their game plan was was playing as they get it back to Albania, 
So they knew, I think they were taking all the factors into account. I reckon they were taking the fact that it's going to be 35 degrees over there and that that we wouldn't be able to to play our own game over there as well. So they were going to take it. Something similar. I'd say they played similar when they played against Inter as well. Um, it seems like they did. It seems like they sat back, did the same thing in the first leg and then won it in the in the yeah. second leg. So it's not going to be the same story over here though. Well, their tactics, kind of fish. their tactics were working because you could never say at any point in that first half we had momentum. There was always, once we had built up enough passes or something, they would foul us. Or if we looked to break, they would foul us. Or they would dive or something. Like There was never any prolonged period in that first half where we're like, okay, we're on top. But we were always on top, but you know what I mean? We weren't actually carving them open at any yeah. point. No, the funny thing was as well, about the freeze that they were giving away, they were all in dangerous positions, all in their own half. But I will say they, they defended well from set pieces. They were they were solid as regards to that because we, we never really looked like scoring from a corner. Like they were big and they, they marked well. But what I will say, they, they didn't uh they didn't mark the posts, which is something that I noticed as well. Yeah. Is they, they were zonal, which I hate. I think always have a man on the post. No matter how much football develops tactically you can never underestimate having men on your posts in my opinion anyway no it's one thing I never understand why teams don't do it sometimes as as much as football has come along and tactically it's it's expanded and it's gotten so much better you can I, I don't think you could ever turn around and say that it's old school and it's outdated putting men on posts I think it's it's just smart it just makes sense yeah but yeah, no, they, they just really didn't want to play football at all. And like you said, we should have been up. Um, go, just when the second half ended, I just thought to myself, this is going to be a long night. It's going to be one of those games where they just don't want to play ball at all. And it was the case. I really, really struggled to break them down. It was starting to remind me a bit of a Kranis in 2012. Although we did we didn't play particularly well against the Kranos until the last 20 minutes and then we kind of we rallied and then it just the game petered out and we drew nil nil in this case we bossed the game from start to finish and there was only one team trying to do anything in the game but um second half chances until until the the late rally was there much of note no not really i mean it was just like you said I think uh, you've been quoted now, Prof. I think that's gonna that's that's it's a real indicator of how the South Stand can can help a game with sucking the ball into the net. Uh, the the crowd kind of went dead for a little while. I thought just from from obviously we're sitting at home, so although um, I was sitting at home, it seemed like the crowd died off slightly, and I just thought that the they could have played a bigger part at times. Now obviously I'm sitting at home saying that, but possibly yeah. I mean, he. he we ask people in the Tipsy's hotline this week your favourite ever European home game and brand comes up a lot, an awful lot now that was that was there's a few extra thousand on top of that and so it is hard to compare but yeah possibly possibly the crowd could have provided a bit more energy more throughout the game but so we had the subs then Gary around 70 yeah. minutes we cab out going centre back and this was a surprising move with scales being pushed up the pitch as well so another bit of uh, tactical genius from Bradzer. Um he went centre back in 70 minutes Joey came off and Oidemo was introduced for 7 minutes to go so um, I think we're going to have to put it out there we need to have an Oidemo 
Son. There's a couple of great shouts already. But maybe Dale from our, our buddy. Oh, he's already got a, a... Did he come up with a, a call in Morchioman song yet? Uh, no, I have to listen to the last week's one. But He's got his hands full now. He's got Idemo and Marco and Cole and Morchioman to come up with did songs he, for now. Did he take, I haven't listened yet. Did he take my challenge? I want him to pronounce Cole and Morchioman. I don't know. I haven't listened to last week's one. In fairness, I've, I actually... I've steered clear of podcasts. I don't know why... Usually I go running or whatever, and I'd, I'd stick them on, but I haven't. I've been there. Uh, I've been totally out of loop of podcasts this week. I never listen to um, a podcast in the house. It's only when no. I'm, when I'm in work or on the bus. Yeah, um, I have a place and a time for them. Do you know what I mean? And it just it didn't just sitting around listen to a podcast. It just no, oh, it just it didn't do it. Didn't get it done. But yeah, so a young prodigy, Idemo Imaku. Um, he's he's very direct, isn't he? He's, and do you know what I love about him? He reminds me a little bit of Danny Mandrew, Amandroyu, because he makes that little last second decision before he goes near a player. Danny has the ability to draw in fouls. Oidmo seems like he has the exact same thing, exact same ability. He changes direction just at the last minute and he gets fouled. He got absolutely hockeyed over against Longford in the first couple of minutes. We'll talk about that in a while. But it was... Um, Bit of magic on the right hand side. So, um, we had uh, I think it was Gaffney out on the wide. Uh, wide was a prop for the goal. Uh, you mean before Danny gets the ball? Before Danny gets it, yeah, it was a Gaffney on it. I think it was Gaffney, but little... uh, it was extraordinary to watch this unfold at the time, and then even watching the back, just the way Danny all of a sudden glides past three or four of them, and he's glides in the, the box, board, isn't it? Yeah, and we got a bit of luck as well, a little bit of a deflection, and yeah. he he took a chance. Idemo took a chance. I mean, he didn't have to. Exactly. Yeah, like the the ball takes a nick off a Tuta player, that puts it perfectly in uh, Idemo's path. And it's just those little things, isn't it, that makes a difference. Yeah, you miss a hundred percent of the chances you don't take, don't you? And he he shot quite high into the net, didn't he? Oh, shot myself slightly. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, buried off the bar, prof. Absolutely deadly. A couple of crossbar in this week, this this season. But yeah, no, absolute mayhem in the house. Me just jumping around like a fucking gorilla. Um, <laughs> it was ah, brilliant. Absolutely no, brilliant. A ninety-first minute winner in Europe, and our seventeen-year-old sub comes on and scores it. <laughs> It's a huge call. Yeah, huge. I'm having a little route around the S- Sean Grover's uh, SRFC TV. We didn't interview him, did we? No, never have. No, that would have been cool. Now, it would have been like with him straight after it. I thought they w- he would have been beelined to get him on. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that would happen, but uh, it's always the man the match that uh, I interview afterwards. Yeah, and great. It was, yeah. it was Dylan Watts, deservedly so. Um, but Dylan had the three assists against Pats, and then he played quite well in this game as well. Your live like, debut as well, Prof, was it, I believe? My what? Was that your live debut? or No, my live debut was a few weeks ago. I've done I've done two or three live now. Knocking it out of the park as usual, Prof, well done. Big big shout out. And if anyone doesn't realise that this, this actually happens, Prof does live interviews after the stream, so 
make sure you hold on and you don't actually turn it off because we actually have interviews that occur after the match as well and they're always great content so make sure you get them into you yeah remember i was saying to you a few weeks ago that i can hear i could hear con murphy up in the gantry saying and now we're going to hear from Stephen bradley so i can just faintly hear him say that and then it goes to the camera and then on sunday i think it was it was Des he look at you and give you the finger and the wink and go <laughs> on sunday it was des curran and i just i just finished the interview with uh liam scales and then i can just hear up in the gantry des kind of saying and liam was speaking to carl Whitey there it's just it's just kind of surreal to hear my name being mentioned <laughs> yeah. but uh um, bigger media hard of me at this stage pop so um I'm, I'm paraphrasing here now but someone summed this up very well and it was to the extent of we wanted two goals but we were delighted with one yeah deadly it really was um, hopefully it makes a difference when we go over there but we brads our prof in an interview afterwards said it's about Idemo uh, in England he'll be playing an, an under 18s match during the week with us he's just scored a European goal it's incredible men's football as well so it's a great point from Bradzer. It really is. And it's a point that we make all the time about young guys who it's not necessarily the most beneficial thing to go over at the age of 16 with possibly no education to go and sign maybe, well, I don't know, I know YTS contracts don't exist anymore, but you can go over there and you can sign for a team and you're playing 18s football, you might jump up to 23s. It's not necessarily a good standard, but if you're going to stick at Rovers, you're going to go through Ashfield College, you're going to go and play men's football, you're going to train every day in a professional setup at the Roadstone, and you're going to be thrown in, if you're good enough, into a man's league and into European football, surely that's better than the 18s, 19s and the 23s league, and better for development in other than England in these lower age leagues. Oh, personally, that's that's my opinion, and um, I, yeah, I think I mean, it's, it's brilliant that he, we have that outlet for these guys, and it's so unfortunate that the B team never materialised and it was scuppered by the the FAI. But um, it would have been think about how much better and how many more players we would have been blooding if they had been getting fourth team experience with the B team. Yeah, you've got Idemo scoring a winner in Europe. It's just like absolute dream come true for him. Three years ago, you, you see Gavin Bazunu, uh with a magnificent performance in Sweden. I mean, wouldn't you much rather have been there in Sweden? Than playing some under 18s, 19s game for City at that time, you know. That's it. Saving Penos and Turners Cross, you know, it's 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 just I think I think it's much more uh, beneficial for these players. So as uh, for Prof- the the scenes after the match, uh Idemo was really he was really soaking it up, wasn't he, from the cell stand afterwards. He was absolutely loving it. And Pigo and Big Al, I think, actually had to make him go over, you know, to have his moment. So that was real leadership from them, yeah. you know. Get the young man over there. What a what an innocent mo- moment from him as well because he it was like he was it was like he was afraid or embarrassed to go over and soak up the attention. It was a magical moment. He got an ultra scarf thrown in from the lads as well, so a little memento for the, the occasion of a goal and his European debut. Youngest goal scorer it's about four, nearly forty years, bro. Yeah, Europe. it was a uh, gay O'Carroll. In 1982, that was the previous record. He was 18. Idemo beats that by quite a bit. He's uh, he's 17. Unbelievable and moment, and he was loving it. 
I wasn't. I, I was. I was there, obviously. But I presume you you noticed this that the the camera on SRFC TV held on Idemo for a long time. Yeah, it was brilliant. Fantastic. The whole walk along the the whole walk along the south stand was brilliant. Yeah, it was really noticeable because he was just soaking it up. Big smile, couldn't fucking get the grin off his face. It was brilliant. And a big reaction on Twitter that night as well. Like the. The official Conference League account posted a picture of him and said, you know, remember the name. You had like, it was con- congratulations being sent in from everywhere. Even even his old high school, his um, school principal sent in her congrats. And then he just replies, thanks, miss. Yeah. Did you see the reply? Bro, it was brilliant. I'm with yeah. Gallagher. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it's, it was fantastic. It really was. And how he seems like a really grounded young fella, grounded kid. I think he's, He's from Kondok and uh, he played for Lords. Everybody tweeting about him, so it really is a, a, like a great moment for the club and, and for him in particular. But really looking forward to seeing this guy play. Look at look at the faces of you know Aaron Green and Pico and those around them when when they're celebrating the goal. Like they are so happy for him. Like I've watched back the goals countless times. <laughs> I just love watching the joy in everyone's face. For, like their reaction to Idemo. It just it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah, brilliant stuff. It really was. Possession prop, we'll move on to the possession. Young Idemo, the starlet. We'll move on from him now. But 73% possession, that is an amazing stat. That's uns- that's that's outrageous. I surely I, I was don't more think of, yeah. Can you ever think of a, something similar? I don't think so. I'm I'm surprised it wasn't higher. Madness. 73% is insane. It just shows you how little they wanted to play football. But performance-wise, uh, I thought I thought Danny was really good. Um, o- overall, I just think we just kept going. And that attitude that has been instilled from Bradzer and all the little changes that he makes and that the players are actually buying into it every time, it just shows you how he still has this group believing in what wants to play and what type of style he wants to put into this team and that's that's a that's a brilliant thing considering how long he's in the team and how long he's managing that he still has the ability to be able to get this team to buy into absolutely everything that he's doing and to make them believe in themselves and keep going until the 95th minute the 96th minute the 93rd minute all these late wins it's it's amazing that his people skills and the background team of course Max Darren Dillon Cronin the whole lot Chef Ray as well um, like they, they just, they're just buying into it, and it's a fucking fascinating thing to to watch. And I can only imagine being a fly on the wall and watching it from behind the scenes. How fascinating it is that he has, he's in their psyche, he's in their brain, and he has them believing that they can do this till the very end. Let, let me ask you this: the two games, two to Langford, did you see either goal coming? I'll be honest, two to because of the negativity of their performance. I, I wasn't putting it down to us not playing yeah. well. I was putting it down to them being totally negative and with the dark arts and everything like that. I just thought to myself, I, I can't see us breaking this down. I really, really can't. And it's not even down to us. It's just down to them being so negative. But with Longford, I thought we could. But the head, the, the goal, the Longford goal alone. We'll talk about that in a while. Yeah, I think Jesus like... Jesus Christ. Yeah, two the, I agree with what you're saying there. Two that I just... I had resigned myself to a draw. Um, again, talking to Jim, he says it's actually pointless even trying to analyze this game. He says it's just it was a a mad game to try and analyze because of the way they behaved and their tactics. 
he's, he's, he, was, he was said he was reading reports in the paper and stuff. And he says, why, why are you even trying to analyze this? It's just, it's a waste of time. But the Longford game, um, I did think that goal was coming, actually. Obviously, when Burks won his lips to post, I, I thought that was it because what was that? That was like the 94th minute or something. Mm. But, um, but the, the players, they, they always believed the goal was coming. Like you said, brother has, has instilled that into them. It's funny. It's funny at this stage, I'll be honest, especially with Lombard. Mm. I'd say Mick McCarthy is loving life watching oh, all man. these late winners go in against Lombard. There's a big smile on his face somewhere right now, Teddy. One shy club. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. One shy club. Unbelievable. And could you apparently, apparently the camera uh, went to Derek Doyle when six minutes got put on the board and he just put his hand, his head in his hands and went, oh, <laughs> you imagine him looking at the board. But that's what you get. That's what you get when you, when you waste time, when you make sure your goalkeeper is hydrated and he drinks about eight litres of water during, throughout the game. Do you know what I mean? He was just this thinking, oh, no, we're in browser time now. Yeah. But, but yeah, performances, like you said, bro, just all around, it's tough. When you when you're trying to unlock a defense like that, um, did you get who did you give on the match? To? I thought Watts in particular was brilliant. Yeah, I thought Watts was, right? was our best player. Um, Lee Grace had a good game too. He, yeah, Graham Grace. Garland couldn't pick between Watts and, and Manjo, but it was Watts. I just think Watts is a fucking a phenomenon at the minute. Grace he really, saw, really uh, is. Grace saw a huge amount of, of the ball in that game. He's he's coming back, isn't he? He's coming back and we had this little blip of form. Remember when we weren't even picking him and he wasn't in the team and then like he was a Rolls Royce when he first came into the team. He was brilliant. We got him go. He was he was a revelation. Then his form kind of dipped. We signed a couple of more players. The emergence of maybe Pico and, and Joey's partnership and then just he just kind of fell out of favour and fell out of form and now he's he's come back. The the I mean, it's just a he's like a, a new player again. Once again the Re-emergence of Grace has been fucking amazing. So my question I have down there, Gar, are they happy with a one nil? Do you think? I'd imagine that they they would have they wanted to draw, right? Because they didn't come to play, so they wanted to draw, and then they would have probably pressed on a little bit more than they did. <laughs> so it's not hard to press on a little bit more. They didn't tell it, but they would have played a bit of football over there, try and nick a goal, and then do exactly what they did again batten down the hatches, lock down and just sit back and try and get the result. But it's not like that now. They have to come and attack us over there, which is going to be fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating watch to watch them try and play football. To watch them actually try pass a couple of balls together, a couple of passes. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm intrigued about the first 20 minutes of this match. I'm like, who's going to have more of the ball? Because like we're we're a possession based team, but they're home on a goal down, and they obviously think they can take us. So this will be fascinating. Funny enough, as I came out with Tata, I I came I walked past our coach just as they were coming on there, as in their bus, and they seemed pretty happy with themselves. What I must say, I mean, they just could see the last minute goal, but they just had the air about them as if to say. I don't know, we, we'll take them in Albania. I just like I said, they're they're already playing the dark arts off the field as well. They've moved the game. The Albanian mobsters are in their fucking G wagons en route as we speak. 
Oh, we forgot to mention the the, the ten Albanians in, in the West End. We made some racket. Did you hear that? Yeah, the now they they were club officials as well. By the way, <laughs> jeez, they were noisy. So um, hopefully, we're our our mob, our boys are treated with the same respect as well as as always. We treat away officials with nothing but respect, and we look after them as well. So hopefully, our gang and um, the rest of the, the rest of the crew are all looked after big time over there. Any and any sneaky little uh, travelers over there, hopefully they're all let in and they're looked after in some sort of um, role that they have for the team, photographers or whatever it is we may make up. But we're going to move on, Prof. So we have the August edition of the Tiffy's Hotline, and the questions were as follows: What has been your favorite sign of the Stephen Bradley era? Um, we've heard them all. I'm going to say Chef Ray has been my favorite sign. I think we're all well fed. And he's been a, a vital cog in the machine and Ray has been feeding them and, and all the little things he does in the background as well. Chef Ray is my son. Uh, and we have which team will run us closest in the tight race and who has been standout player from another club in the league this season. For me, I think I'm going to go, oh, I was going to say Derry Prof because they're on the charge, you know. They're probably going to go above toward now. But Pats will, they'll fall off eventually because their squad is big enough the likes of if they if they miss out on a Benson or a Forrester who's going to get injured or Cochrane, they're just not going to be able to keep up with the big schedule that's ahead. Um, in the league, player wise, Tyreek Wilson, very good player. Ali Coote, very good player. Lewis Banks, there's plenty of players that have been playing well. Um, John Joe Kenny, um, I always like Gary Buckley. I thought we we missed the boat on him a couple of years ago. It's too late to sign him now. I think he's past his prime, but he's always been good. Yeah, if I, if um, I had to pick one, I would say Jordan Gibson. I think he's very good. Jordan Gibson, yeah, like Lee Desmond. There's some, it's, it's, a, it's a very good competitive league this year, but I think if we were to sign one and bring someone in, it's a tough one because we're we're well stocked. If we're gonna if we're gonna replace Liam Scales and we're gonna put someone in, I'd go Matinoff, so I go if we could get our hands on him because I think he's brilliant. Every time we play him, he's top top class. Yeah, so. yeah excellent player. Yeah. We go with Matt in there, maybe. Obviously, there's a, obviously a couple of balls ones that could possibly be in a hoop shirt next yeah. season. Young Coyle, young Coyle off of Finn Harps always plays well against us. That's usually the only way we can judge them unless you catch a couple of games on LOI TV. But yeah, no, the development team has some good players there as well. Um, Ed, Ed Saul we'll had a phenomenal we'll answer to that one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> um, so we'll go number three. How impressed have you been with SRFC TV so far? Do you agree with Bradzer? that we should build up our own product and forget about RT because it's a waste of time. Absolutely. It's been absolutely phenomenal for coverage. I can't get over how professional I can. It's that's saying that we're not, we should be, it's, it's the most professional thing I've ever seen. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Khan and then Graham, but then the, the stand-ins with Dez, maybe got Phelan and it's just absolutely brilliant. The camera angles in particular, the way they switch, you know, I think the long form one was possibly a couple of too many switches. But the way it switches to say, Finn always seems to be the, the focal point of this, where they'll get some epic-looking camera angle of Finn throwing a ball in from the right-hand side. And it looks like it's straight out of a documentary from Netflix. Yeah. It's brilliant. It really is. And then I have to say the current and up-to-date segments in between are absolutely brilliant. So you've got like relevant, current, up-to-date, not just standard, all filler that's thrown in as well. So it's I can only imagine that the media meetings are like where certain individuals are saying where is my video piece where you know what's the, what's what do we have this week how can we make it relevant so really enjoying it. by the way just a random observation from the Toyota match 
Um, have you noticed that kind of Finn and Tell seem to be developing a bit of an understanding, and like they're they're constantly communicating as to that right hand side is becoming not a just what they're song. gonna do, but I feel like those two are dictating like how we're gonna attack at any given time, and like it was this came it was around like say 16 17 minutes and we hadn't really we hadn't really like put put forward a significant attack like down down a channel or anything at that point that like created an opening and for a few minutes we had been just sort of passing it side to side and i just remember finn shouting back he said forward and the second he said that we launched it down the channel to tell and that was our best first best chance of the match. I was now, like, this goes back to did Finn play with Tell in 2015? Yeah, he would have, yeah. So that would have been a connection there. So they know each other. And this is the last place I would have thought I saw Tell playing and fairness out on the right hand side. But he's not. He's not he, like he's hugging the touchline at times. Like he's Billy Denny him the fucking touchline at times. But then he comes in and him and Finn have this little understanding. And then they drag in Gaffney, they drag in Green, or dragging whoever's starting. And that right hand side becomes the starting point for most of our attacks. And it's been brilliant. That little understanding that they've formed together has been superb. And Finn, watch, watch Tell. He starts on the right, but then he makes this diagonal run and ends up in around the center, in around the penalty spot, and just behind it as well. It's brilliant. I've never seen that like it. Well, as but that's the Tell love in. As for these uh, questions, Gare, um, obviously that that second part of our question there, do you agree with Brad there that RT are wasted time? We were, we were hoping for a few rants with this one, obviously, because this this has been the big debate, hasn't it, all week? RTE not showing games, haven't shown a League of Ireland match since May, haven't shown any of these European matches. So it's, it's being talked about a lot, and a few people did. Have a go at RTE, all right, in the in the hotline. Yeah, hundred percent, all right. Because if you think about it, like they've got staunch gamin who are involved in this, and they will pay no attention to the League of Ireland whatsoever. They will just like I mean, think about it. They don't advertise. It costs us money to have RTE in. It has has no benefit whatsoever. Tell them to get fucked. Never ever have them again. Boycott RTE. That's what we need to do. Never ever have RTE set foot in Tallis Stadium ever again. What benefit is RTE being in Tallis Stadium to Shamrock Rovers? You tell me that right now. The only response is that they're the national broadcaster. Right. First of all, it's live football, right? It's going to take numbers off of the gate. And that would be okay if we were financially remunerated, but we're not. We get no money. Zero. So they can get fucked. Simple. First of all, that's that's the one. And then the wider audience, like, do we really want people watching it on TV? We want people in the grounds. Now, I know it's not mm. it's not the, the best example now at the minute, but ultimately, we want people in the ground. We want people to experience this. We want to get them in. And if they want to watch it first, SRFC TV is the way to go. RT is not. Five minutes beforehand, five minutes afterwards, no, no homework done, getting names wrong constantly. Get fucked, RTE. That is it. That's 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 the way we feel about it. That's exactly what I was going to say there, because Brazzer hit the nail on the head there. But the you think, or maybe someone else used it, this phrase, but it's a token gesture. 
when you have the five minutes beforehand and the five minutes after. That just from the outset shows that they're not interested and they're just doing it because they have to. Yeah, and then you have that fucking robot who's just interested in F1 who has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. No uh, idea what he's talking about. Sh- shout out to my column that I wrote years ago. We need to talk about Peter uh, Collins. Google it. Peter fucking Collins. Right. Who, if who, ever who? there was nepotism <laughs> and all sorts of cronyism in fucking RTE, he has to be someone's bastard love child. And Siobhan Madigan. Siobhan Madigan has to be related to somebody in there as well. <laughs> oh, God, right. That's, that's the that's the tip these rant over. I'm going to be happy with that. Um, what's your favourite Roma's European home game that you're at? Uh, Prof, you take this one. Oh. <laughs> okay, would you like to tell people the last European home match you were at? Oh, you you probably tell me. It was AI, fucking... AIK in 2018. Jesus, I'm always on holidays, yeah. I must have words with her now. She's finished mooning me at the door. <laughs> um, yeah, I must have words with her about fucking July. July is off limits. No, this, but, this, um, this is an easy one for me. Uh, obviously, Juventus was a great occasion and all that, but... That 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 came to mind first, but, but because it's not a win, I didn't include yeah. it, but the Juve game was surreal. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's an easy pick for me. It's Bran. I, I go as far to say that that after the FEI Cup final, because that's just way out on its own as my best moment as a Robbers fan. But like after that, that brand game, probably my favourite Robbers game ever. Yeah, I was in a, I flipped the table in a Bulgarian restaurant. If that helps, if that, if that helps. <laughs> the drinks went everywhere. There was fucking Bulgarian cuisine all over the place. Are you as superstitious as Maloney when you're watching abroad? You have to do things a certain way. No, 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 definitely not. I'm not. I'm not that much of a superstitious guy, but um, Maloney is. He's got his little routines. Certainly does, yeah. He wears the same underpants, does he? <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's your favorite home game. And 17-year-old Oidemo Maku scored a 90th minute winner. So this is question number five on his European debut against an ultra-negative time-wasting tooth team on Thursday. What will be your choice? Um, for opening song on this week's podcast. Oh, it's a tough one because we've had, I've, I've heard everybody else's song I'm being influenced now. Um, I was going to go with the Offspring. Remember the kids are? I know that, that that was the kids aren't all right, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's the opposite of what we want. That's the opposite. Yeah, no, couple it's a of, tough one. There's a few obvious ones. A couple of people said teenage oh, kicks. So I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Um. I think I was going to go another song Something's Got to Give I think that's just because we've been doing it so much lately I just think we're, I'll be paying homage to the fact that we're constantly scoring late and something's got to give it just seems to give every time so I think that's what I would have went with Well by the time people hear this they've already heard our intro so this this debate is kind of it's dated isn't it? Yeah yeah but, yeah, true true <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, bonus question. Do you have a message for Gar, who is stuck in quarantine, and do you have any activities to suggest to save off boredom? I hope these were all uh, PG-rated prof. <laughs> yeah, no one went there anyway. I got myself a chessboard, actually. <clears throat> so oh, yeah. I was trying to learn it, but it's, uh, I think it takes a bit more. It takes another person as well, so I, um, that didn't last long. Everyone, um, everyone got obsessed with chess there for about 
<clears throat> three weeks after the the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Yeah, true. Yeah, and then it's <laughs> the the old chessboard start collecting dust again. But yeah, no. So um, yeah. So here is uh, the Tifties Hotline Part One. Hotline. How's it going, lads? Sean Condren here. The better known to some now as Stafford's cousin. Favorite Bradley era sign for me has to be Joey O'Brien. Considering his injury record when he came in, he'd been without a club for 18 months. It was a bit doubtful whether he'd be up to it or he'd play as many games as we wanted him to. But he's just proved me so, so wrong. He's an absolutely exceptional footballer. Even in that first season where he probably didn't play as much as he wanted to, you could see he just it was class. And the improvement in the side when he played was unbelievable, especially defensively. He's brought that defence along so, so much and the players around him have become so much better with him there. I also think he's not just a good a good on the pitch, but he's a great character to have represent the club off it. He comes across really well whenever interviewed, and he's definitely someone I think we should be looking to keep around for years to come. In terms of a title race, and I know I'm leaving myself massively open to this coming back and biting me in a few weeks' time, but I'm not really sure if a team are going to run as close. At the moment, they're probably looking like Pats, but even still, I know they did a really good win yesterday, but going off their performance in Tala a couple of weeks ago, I don't really see how they continue to challenge for a title. You know, I really think we've started to click in recent weeks and with obviously the, a big opportunity there in Europe, I also think there's a massive opportunity to really grab a hold of the league in the coming weeks and take control of it. In terms of a, a League of Ireland player from our side, I'd probably have to go with Dawson Devoy. I think from looking at a couple of clips from the Bowes European run the last couple of weeks, he looks a really good player and he's performed against us before, so he'd be definitely one I think I'd take. On SRFC TV, I've thankfully been lucky enough to head up to all the games since we got back to Tala, so I haven't had to watch watch the stream live, but just going off of the highlights package, I think it looks really well, you know, and it's great to finally be able to come home after a match and have a really well-produced, good-quality highlight package there waiting for you, as opposed to having to wait until Monday like it's been in the past with Soccer Republic and the likes. Um, on RTE, I completely agree with elements of Bradley's criticism I think it's a disgrace that they haven't shown any of the European run for any of the League of Ireland sides um, I also don't buy the how the Olympics is on argument and well we showed the Euros earlier on the summer because they still managed to send Marty Morrissey down to six different rural gag grounds every weekend and have Alf Stewart on the box five times a week but I do think they managed they have our they have us up against the wall to a degree because I think the point of wanting to put these games on the likes of RTE is you're trying to get new fans involved and grow the game in the country. Whereas, regardless of the quality of stream being provided, you're still only going to get that die-hard League of Ireland fan who goes out of his way to find it, pay for it, and then watch it. I think, you know, we're trying to get new fans engaged, and the only way you're going to do that is by having games on the telly. Because you'll have someone who's just flicking through on a Thursday night, nothing else is on, and they'll sit down and watch your hours for 90 minutes. And all of a sudden it goes, Jesus, I might go up and start watching that and follow the club all of a sudden. Um, I don't think you're going to get to that level of ease with streaming for another couple of years. So I can understand why he's saying it, because as I said, their treatment of us and the rest of the teams has been disgraceful. But I don't think we can just afford to cut ties with them. Or certainly at the moment anyway, maybe in a few years time, but definitely not now. Favourite home European match would have to be Brown at home. I think everything on that night worked out perfectly. It was a really good game, great quality on show. Atmosphere in the ground was great. And then the two late goals to wrap it up after kind of looking like for a while it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna come good for us, but now that was hundred percent would be the Brown home game. For the opening song of the podcast this week, um I think in honour of Oidemo's goal, it's hard to look past trying to stick his name into Duda Conga. Might have to get the chant writers onto that one. 
And for Gary in quarantine, I think it's the perfect opportunity to spend some time learning my actual name. Thanks, lads. All right, lads. Phil McGuire here. So my favourite Stephen Bradley signing so far would have to be either Pico or Jack Byrne. I mean, Jack Byrne speaks for himself, uh, but Pico, I think, has come on leaps and bounds and is a great reflection of uh, Bradley's uh, management style and ability to turn players into what they are. And Pico's just become one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, as for the team, I think will run us closest in the title race. I think I think it's just Pats really. Um, that win against them last week was huge. I think in in the grand scheme of things, maybe if we get ourselves into group stages of Conference League in September when it kicks off, could bring up a few issues on squad rotations. But I think Bradley's even now starting to plan that out ahead. Um, by playing Thursdays and Sundays every week. So, as for SRFC TV, might be a bit biased as I'm doing stuff for them myself, but I do think it's a superb service. Um, and I really think RT had missed an opportunity to really advertise the league and show games um, over the last year and a half with COVID and fans being at home wanting football. So, in that sense, I think. I think the service that a lot of the clubs, not just ourselves, have put on have been phenomenal. And I think it allows us to show the league in the way we want it. And I think that that's only good for us uh, and the fans, of course. As for my favourite Rovers European home game, I think it would have to be um, Brian at home. Um, just us going into the leg, one all after Pico getting that last minute winner to us going 1-0 down and the, the crowd just not stopping, kind of pushing the lads on. Normally you'd, you'd normally hear a bit of a lull in the crowd after conceding the goal, but we, we got louder and louder and pushed us on to get that times 2-1 victory and pushed us on to the next round. Even the Apollon Limassol game, the next one that followed that at home, that was superb as well, but I just think that the, the brand game was, was the best one I've been out at home. As for the song that you should start off this week, I think uh, 17 by MK is very fitting after Adamo's great winner against um, Tuta this week. As for Gary, I think he could uh, set up all of Tuta's home games from last season in their league and uh, analyse them ahead of next Thursday's game away. Um, although I don't know, that could end up being a bit of torture as well with the kind of the football we saw on show and Tala on Thursday. But anyway, thanks very much, lads. All the best. Glenn Dunn here from Holidays down in Wexford in the sunny southeast. Um, Favourite Stephen Bradley signing. Uh, three probably signings there. Uh, Jack Bourne, because he brought us to a new level, uh, was able to compete with European teams and just drove the whole team on. Pico, for the consistency he's shown over the last couple of years, has been unbelievable. Again, maybe Jack and other players have brought him to a new level, but I think he's a real leader in the team. And then, as Stephen Bradley said himself, Finner, because it, it laid down or showed a sign of intent to the rest of the league that we weren't going to be pushed over anymore, that we were bringing in the players that we needed to be. So they're probably my three favourite Stephen Bradley signings. Um, another team that might push us close this year, 
Um, well, Pat's obviously being the closest ones to us at the moment. We'll be there, thereabouts. Um, I think Sligo are going to start slipping away. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think their squad was strong enough. And then Bowes, they seem to be a team that would be able to put a run together of a few results that may get close to us. Again, you could say the same thing about Dundalk, but maybe they're just a little bit too far behind us at this stage. So Pats and Bowes for me would be the two teams that I'd be looking out at, at maybe pushing us close towards the end of the season. Have I been impressed by SRFC TV? Well, to be quite honest with you, I've been lucky enough to be at most of the home games this year, either as a volunteer or a spectator with the kids. So I haven't really seen SRFC TV, but from what I'm hearing and led to believe, it's been absolutely brilliant. I haven't had a chance to look back at any of the games, but from, again, what I hear, yeah, it's been excellent. Do we think that we should push ahead with our own streaming service? Yeah, that would be great in uh, an ideal world, but I don't think we'll get the revenue back from it. Now, having said that, I wouldn't be going back cap and hand to RTA. I'd be telling them where to go. Yeah, give it a couple of years, see where we go from that, and then maybe the FAI and the clubs get together and they go out and they get a proper TV deal, be it off Sky or Premier Sports, whoever, but I wouldn't be going looking to RTA ever again to uh, show the games because at the end of the day it's just a token gesture that they do five minutes before kickoff and five minutes after the final whistle it's not good enough so push ahead for a couple of years get the streaming services as strong as we can and then if it's a tv company comes in yeah once it's not rte perfect that would be great for us um favorite european home game of the stephen bradley era it would either be limassol or bran just because that whole atmosphere in them nights, probably Bran would shade it because going behind in the second half and needing to get that result, whereas the Limassol one was the fourth leg of a game or of the toy, whereas the Bran one, we needed to get that result and coming back so strong in the last 10, 15 minutes and getting the two goals from uh, Jack and... was it? Who was Jack, wasn't it? And Gary O'Neill. That was a fantastic night. It was in the south stand that night and the place was just absolutely heaving. So that would be my favourite game of the Stephen Bradley European era. And then the songs for the start of the, the show this week. I did a little bit of research and a song for that away crowd uh, would be Tiger, Bored in the House. The song just is bored in the house, bored in the house, and listen, anyone that's set in the stadium for the 90 minutes watching them, Jesus, they would bore you to tears. And then, of course, the song for a mark, it has to be, I know they're a dirty uh, band, but it has to be Teenage Kicks. Absolutely fantastic young lads. I watched them a couple of weeks ago for the under-19s, and just runs constantly at people, terrifies them. Uh, would love to see him getting a run in the team, and just give himself a bit of confidence because I think he has the ability. Let's hope that we get a couple of games that we can throw him into where we're maybe up a couple of uh, goals and he can really show what he's uh, capable of. Finally, what should Gary do on his uh, quarantine? Well, Gary, plenty of time in your hands there, so get out your pen, get out your paper, and I want you to write a song, an individual song for every one of the players in the squad because we never know which one of them is going to be. The next hero and we need a, a song that we can sing for each one of them so gary 
couple of weeks there or whatever it is, 10 days, get right and mate and make sure they're all good ones. Party is then, KOH. How's it going there, lads and lasses? This is uh, Lavelle here, Tifty's Bowie's original. I'm actually surprised when the lads got in touch with me to do this podcast for the podcast. I didn't even think the podcast was still going. I thought it folded months ago. Didn't even think anyone listened to it anymore. Favourite player for me under Bradley would have to be Pico Lopez. He's so much improved since uh, since he's, since he's joined from that shower over in D7. Uh, he loves the can tell he loves the club. He loves playing for the club. He loves the fans. That's what it's all about. I can actually see Pico being a future captain of the club in the next couple of years whenever Finner decides to uh, hang up the boots. I think uh, St. Pat's will run us close, close this season. Well, probably between them and Sligo. I don't think the other two are much uh, bows on the dog. Hopefully they don't even make Europe for next season. Yeah, Pat's will be thereabouts till the end of the season, I think. we should Obviously, we should win it in the end. Um, standout player this season is Johnny Kenny off Sligo. He's a great little player, isn't he? He's a great finisher of the, of the ball. Um, knows where the goal is. He's banging a few for Sligo, and he scored in Europe as well. Something that we're lacking at the moment. Striker like him. Hopefully, we can uh, we can we'll, we'll, we can sign him in the next year or two. Um, I'm being very impressed with SRFC TV. I've only used, watched it once. That was against Galway in the cup. Um, yeah, very much better than all the other clubs. It is miles and miles ahead. Like even the fact, like the little small things, like the substitutions coming up on the screen or the yellow cards coming up, the small things, and then the commentators together are, are brilliant as well. The analysis they did was very good. Miles ahead of everyone else, like the likes of Derry's one that time up there. That was a joke. Ending a country for first for the first half. Yeah, I do agree with Bradley that clubs are going around and uh, stop worrying over RTA. Like the last couple of weeks, the great great results in Europe for the League of Ireland teams, it's just been overshadowed about or oh, everyone saying, "Oh, RTA and showing the games." Fuck RTA, just worry about our own. Every club should have a good stream service and probably take a year or two to pick up, pick up. Like, it'll eventually get going. We don't need the likes of RTA or Fergie Media or any of them. And um, my favorite favorite home game for for Rovers in Europe was uh, FC Brand. In 2019, just the thing that sticks out for me in that game is the atmosphere that night. We're going to go, go behind, we never stopped. The crowd kept going, the south stand was hopping all day. Um, Jack Jack Bourne scoring that goal, the little the little twist and the, the little turn, and the uh, sticks the ball away. And then Gary, Gary O'Neill scores then to win us the game. And then when Gary O'Neill scores, all the, all the fans run on the pitch to celebrate. Unbelievable scenes that night in, in, in the south stand. Um, Song, song, this is a tool from the song for Mackey when they have had the score in the 90th minute. You know, I the only song I can think of is Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Kitchen 17. Uh, bonus question for Gary, uh, to get through quarantine would be just keep drinking, drink, drink, drink. That's what I do. And I, I was on, I was on lockdown for, I was on. Self voice, I was isolating for 10 days over Christmas, just drank my way through it. That's all I can say to Gary, just do that. And just apologies to him, to Gary La and the kids that I didn't send them a care package over during our isolation from Cabris. 
Um, a bag of chocolate that would have helped him going through. That would have helped him getting through it. Paul O'Connell. Favourite signing Stephen Bradley era. I'd say most lads would probably say Jack Bourne. Um, I'm going to say Aaron McAniff. Simply for the uh, electricity and the, the raw energy he brought to the team in attack. Pure live wire force. Gave us a massive edge going forward while he was at the club. He, uh, he had tremendous ability to uh, be able to change the pace and dynamic of the attack during games. Very exciting player to watch. Very, very consistent. Very few off nights. Bit of a shock to say the least when he left for the Jambos. You could see we visibly lost his energy. Um, it was very noticeable early in the games at the start of the season. We struggled to adapt to life without him. So um, in terms of being influential, I would say uh, he would be my favourite signing of the Stephen Bradley area, to be honest with you. Definitely one of those lads you'd pay in individually to watch. Closest title challengers. A group of us had this discussion pre-season and some suggested that uh, the Gippos might figure. Um, I think their European distractions have probably taken the emphasis away from that and it tilted the title. Some of us had suggested that Sligo might be up there. They're, they're hanging around there, all right. You know, Bucko's uncanny ability to get value and results out of his annual budget. Bit of a bogeyman for Rovers, but uh, I think that it's looking like Pats are going to be the, the ones to try and haul us back and stay the course with us for, uh, for the duration of the season. Standout players from other clubs, uh, I'm going to say Jordan Gibson from Sligo. He's decent. Strong lad, loves to be on the ball. Great to see from a young lad who's a striker. Yeah, he's no fear at all. His form has dipped recently, but uh, I'm just going to stick with him. He's been a very, very good player for Sligo in League of Ireland. SRFC TV, very professional. Loving the layout of it. Definitely been impressed with how things have been and developed and taken forward with that. The features on the junior coaches and staff who rarely get any limelight are very, very good. It's great to see and know and learn about these people. Very much enjoying Graham Gartland's co-commentary during games. You can't bait a flat Dublin accent giving out decent game time analysis. Should we build our own product and forget about RTE because they're a waste of time? Kind of sick to the teeth of Rovers and League of Ireland being anchored in dependent on the UK in terms of key players and academy lads being sold to fun club budgeting. The reason that I mentioned that is uh, RTE are kind of in tandem with that. They're obsessed with English football. Kind of nothing we can do about the geography and the history. Um, we're kind of also dependent on RTE to uh, at least let the rest of the country know that we exist. I think that uh, RTE are kind of fairly elitist, have their special sports of interests. I think the League of Ireland, well, it'll always be seen as inferior because of what's across the Irish Sea. It'll never be glam enough. I think that I would love to see Rovers breaking away from RT and the League of Ireland too, if that was possible. We're, uh, we're kind of shackled in the tin pot league. You reach a point where you want regular breakthrough moments, I think, in Europe. But you know that uh, they might not come about because of the aggressive nature of the football and the league on a weekly basis. I think we kind of suffer with that because clubs wanting to prevent success happening. We kind of look at the reserve team situation. It's always kind of like the lowest common denominator based scenario with, uh, with so-called culture clubs. Uh, I think uh, an Atlantic League was kind of mooted at one point. Yeah, it might be a bit of a fairy tale, but I think that kind of level of setup with, with money and budgets in uh, fairly bigger quantities, I think, uh, would give Rovers a better, uh, richer platform than the one that the club sits in to properly push on. Yeah, rather than in just fits and starts. Favourite Rovers European home game. There have been some really great European nights down the years um, in Dublin. Two standout ones, if that's all right. Mainly because of atmosphere. The home game against Odra Vazislav in Ichi Sour was brilliant. It was in June 2003. That was in the Intertoto Cup. 
we won 2-1 away the previous week and that was when we had changed over to summer football we were kind of packed in like sardines down the the end of the main stand and itchy sore that Sunday for the second leg and Glenn Fitz bagged a header I think it was he, he bagged the winner and the place went apoplectic the other one was the 2-1 win at home in Tala against Bran it was brilliant the electricity that night in the air was palpable it was it was Tala in full flow it was magic to be honest with you from the players' performance to the, the goals and then the fans backing the team to the hill that night. It was brilliant. So for me, they'd be the two standout games at home. Uh, opening choice for song on this week's podcast. Jesus. Uh, I've never seen so much shite hawkery from a foreign side playing anti-football in Tala. In pure fear of us, um, Ado took his goal great. It was a really good finish. In honour of him, I'm going to pick the kids are all right by the hill. Uh, message for Gar. Uh, to stop the boredom there's a pretty decent 2000 piece beer bottles of the world jigsaw for sale and bamba time master for a score it's a bleeding head wrecker I can tell you but it'll eat the arse out of the days yeah so some great messages there some lovely uh, suggestions the beer the beer jigsaw how about that yeah I love that one I've been doing in fairness right because me and Maya are ne- we're negative so we've been jigsaws is the thing so we've been doing jigsaws, art, stuff like that. So in fairness, I haven't been totally alone. I had a seven-year-old for company. So we've been talking about life, jigsaws, uh, why dogs can't talk. What what would they say if they could talk? Just a normal uh, conversation we, between people. Can we get more dogs? Uh, why can't we keep the fox that's in the garden? What's the fox's name? <laughs> <laughs> you, you really uh, need to get out and interact with adults again don't you care yes I, th- I think so but no it's it's been enjoyable all the questions so questions have been hilarious yeah no good stuff um, from, good stuff from Paul O'Connell uh, itchy sore and shite hawkery some great words there shite hawkery yeah so uh, big congratulations to him as well he's officially a married man he is yeah. part time Robin Amy part time Dublin so uh, big congrats to him and his lovely lovely wife so yeah, congrats um, to Paul and Marie on their on their wedding, and uh, hopefully we draw Rops once again, and he can <laughs> give us the run around. As for Rob Lavelle, cheeky fucker as usual. <laughs> yeah, not the podcast, Paul. <laughs> and here, don't mind him. Don't mind this sympathy bullshit that he's looking for. See that bag of chocolate? His ma works in Cadbury's, right? I said to him every so often. I say to him, right, what we got? He'll tell me, I say, right, lovely, give me 30 quid's worth, right? So I said to him, right, how about that bag of chocolate? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll drop it up to you. How about that bag of chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucker, every piece. Every piece of chocolate. I'm here dying fucking of boredom in, in quarantine, and he's there stuffing his big face with Cabris. That's, that's classic, Lavelle. Classic. But, um, yeah, so that was the hotline, part one. I'm going to move on to Longford Prof and this is getting funnier as the days go on. One nil on talent on Sunday with another late goal, 95th minute, Brazil made seven changes. Um, see, like winning after Europe, making a lot of changes isn't for everybody, you know what I mean? No, and you know, winning away in Waterford on the weekend after Europe, it's not for everyone. No, not, not for everybody. But no. listen, no oligarchs, no sugar daddies, no points. Not everyone has a Gary Shaw and a David Henry, you know. Just don't have that in their locker. Just don't have it in the locker. 
But listen, the, they have people. They have people and they have fair trade Guatemalan arse coffee. <laughs> but like, let's say this had finished scars, though, right? Brazzer would have come in for a lot of criticism here of these seven changes because that, yeah, that's a lot of changes. Yeah. And we've gotten away with it. But there is such a thing as too many changes. And like I, I would point to two things here. Max Murphy was right wing back now. Sean Gannon was suspended and Ron Finn was being rested. So that's that's why Max starts this game. And that's actually right. his more natural position because he's right footed. Yeah. Chris McCann suddenly is in the starting 11 after a long absence. He had a. Yeah, I absolutely battered and harassed someone for saying this that he'd start. And I actually cannot believe he started this game. I was. I won't say I was shocked because I expected these sort of changes, but like Max right wing back and Chris McCann in centre mid, that's going to change the way we play. That's that's not the same team that's been rolling yeah. the last four or five weeks. That's that's a different team. Exactly. So we're not yeah. going to suddenly and be cohesive with, with those two there. But you can understand Brad's uh, mind, mind talk. Like you can understand why. His frame of mind because he has like he's just thinking, okay, we're going to be traveling, we're going to be tired with a big squad, we can't afford to rotate. Because I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we had a really, really bad injury crisis, so you can understand that. Personally, I wouldn't have made all the changes he made, I would have switched it up slightly, a little bit different. But yeah, the guy would off, but like, like I said, he he would have come in for a lot of criticism. Can we say that I don't know? It wasn't. It's not luck really because we did, we did keep down in both the changes. Changes did change the game. The yeah, I mean we we, we emptied our bench, and you know we always had that there. But um, you know, I suppose you, you want to win the game. You'd be better to win the game early, and then take those players off. That's yeah, it's great that's, to be able to empty the bench. That's like the ideal, that, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It's really, it's really good to be able to enter the bench like that. And look, like that's the strongest bench we've had ever that we can ever imagine. We can't, can can you think of a, a weaker, better, like a better, better bench than that? It's, it's brilliant. But yeah, so the fourth half dominance uh, couldn't find a breakthrough. Idemo and Maku absolutely walloped out of it. Yellow card in the first five minutes. Um, other than that, like it's, we just couldn't find the breakthrough. Yeah, Idemo was lively. In the first half, he uh, he whipped in a dangerous ball across the box. I think no one got a touch on that. After that, he fired a shot over the bar himself. Um, Berkey, the first chance of the game was a Berkey free kick. It just went inches wide, not too far Sneaky away at all. One, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, that was mostly it, yeah. A couple of, couple I liked, of half chances. I liked how they took this. Yeah, yeah. I liked how they took this free because I genuinely didn't know who was taking it. Yeah, I was looking at going. Two of them are making the exact same roll up at the exact same pace. Like they might clash here, but it was really well. It was really well taken, and it filled everybody. If uh, that's on target, it's in the goal. It's in the net. You know. Did you notice it wasn't? It wasn't in this past week. It was like the week before, possibly the Pats game. Richie Tell lied down behind our wall. The other way, that's being done all the time now in football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Player lying down, and. uh I mentioned the Peter Crouch podcast recently how you know, they were talking about set pieces and they were kind of saying to him like, oh, you'll be perfect for that 
because he's so lanky. But then yeah, they were kind of yeah. saying, what, what actually if he's too tall to the point where like his feet block the free kick because his feet are sticking out past the wall. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're also saying like, we'll get to the point where teams start signing players based on their suitability ability to lie down behind the wall. Yeah, like that's, that's going to be a trait now. They're like, he's the best at lying down yeah. for walls in the world. Uh, That'd be a, that, that's something they come up with in the MLS, isn't it? All right, so the second half, Rob. Um, same again, like we're just all over this. And then we watched Gaffney Manju on Finn, all came on. So big, big, empty the balls, empty the beans, empty the bench. Everything yeah. was thrown at them. The kitchen yeah. sink, the whole lot. Yeah, we had some chances. We had um, Berkey had quite a few openings where I felt like he was quite slow to pull the trigger on a few of these chances. And uh, I wasn't sure why. But isn't that the, the less selfish Berkey that we're seeing? No, what I mean is he was in on goal and he would take an extra touch each time. Yeah, he does that though. It happened he? a few times. Uh, there was a chance, Greener had a chance from a header where he was stretching a bit, but yeah, it looked like a good chance. And there was another one. It was like shortly after the hour. Really nice move, actually. Ended up with Rory Gaffney. Curled the ball just over. So we were making chances at this point. Yeah, we were starting to put the pressure on. Um, fans getting frustrated towards the end as well. Borky had a few variables. Did you hear about that? Long for fans, were they? I didn't see it. I just I uh, I was reading people talking about it, yeah. Um, they were kind of having a go at him and he said something back but uh, like Burke Burke just had a bad day at the office didn't he just wasn't happening for him yeah no it's one of those um, things, yeah. the player who was frustrating me in this game was actually Sean Hoare but in the end it's his cross that makes the goal so what can I say about him after that you know he did something similar with Greener as well against Dundalk where he whipped one in and I was like fucking hell that's a shy cross that Green or buried it. So he has got potential from whipping long balls in, whipping long peoples in. But the thing I think with what well, what I'm happy with as well is when teams we went we went through a period where we couldn't break teams down who sat back like this. And we couldn't start break down this defense. So I'm happy that we're able to start finding winners now because it was a what was the period where we went through we were we were brutal. Like we were really poor, so the the fact that we are getting better at breaking teams down who do sit back is is really positive mm. as well for me. So the bar but, goes up. Yeah, well, you, you, the you bar was... goes up. Yeah, and <laughs> head into the hands. The whole long for background team, <laughs> absolute disgusting. But that's what that's what you do, though. That's what happens when you waste time. That's what happens when you 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 have no intention of playing the game at a proper pace and your keeper's wasting time, he's drinking water, he's constantly doing all these things. Like That's what happens. Well, it wasn't as bad as Tuda. I mean, the, there was a bit of time wasting, but... No, so, I mean, like really. the last... For, for all of injury time, I mean, we were just laying siege. And I mentioned Har there a minute ago because the ball fell to him in the 90th minute and he just blazed it over. And you know you've got more time, but it's just... Just really annoying. Yeah. And then I think we mentioned earlier as well, like the Graham Burke chance where his header just 
agonizingly bounces back off the post. And you're thinking, how has that not got in? And that's yes. that's that's their chance gone. Isn't it? There's always one, there? There's always there was... one chance, and you hear you hear people say that that was a chance. Yeah, well, apparently SRFC TV thought that that was it because they decided to show the replay just as the ball was on the right hand side, and and the ball was about to be crossed in. Absolutely mental decision to be shown a replay at that point, and. It was probably a bad day at the office for SRFC TV because you had that showing a replay for the goal. So people at home, they're hearing Phelan go mad when the, when the ball goes in and, we're, and you just see a replay in the screen and people are confused. Like, uh, what like the you, hell? Like you said earlier, people were kind of saying too many camera switches in this match. And uh, I think even at one point, uh, Leicester and Crystal Palace crest popped up they kept the start of the match so I mean I was looking at going what the fuck is that about so I mean like so I far reckon were, whoever the cameraman's double job was he yeah so far SRC TV has been by far and away the best stream in the league it's been absolutely phenomenal we'll put this one down to a bad day at the office but uh, there you go just don't do it again but yeah <laughs> no absolute scenes um the strawberry blonde birthday boy bombing forward scales. What a header, Prof. This was absolutely unbelievable header. This was outside, nearly outside the box. Tor whips one in and he attacks this at pace. Totally, totally out jumps the centre half and buries it into the top corner. Lee Stacey, no chance. I'm afraid he's from the hotbed of talent. Possibly an implant. We'll have to check his birth registration. But he was buried all ends up. And Bertie Boy runs to the south stand and celebrates absolute bedlam. Oh, the scene. Bertie Boy. Long, the, long. Bertie Boy. I'm trying to get all the bees in here. This is an um, unbelievable header. The way he had to the way he had to like watch the flight of the ball and time his jump. I see some people criticizing Stacey saying he should have saved the but I think he went for his right yeah. over instead of his left. If he had got his left, he could have tipped it around the post possibly, but he should have died with his right because if he was diving to his left, he should have died with his left. But he went with his right as his dominant arm, which I think is a no-no. Yeah. Didn't didn't Manus make a save like that a couple of weeks ago? He did, yeah. He did, yeah. It works sometimes, but I think the ball, his left arm would have been closer to the ball. I don't know. But he actually had a very good game, in fairness, Stacey, until that point. Yeah, you know, he was Pico's best pal as well. Um, like you say, so the scenes, I was, I was looking around and like the fans were going crazy. The players were going crazy. For some reason, I just, I just focused in on the staff. I don't know why. I just, I was just like, I want to see Brazzer and Cronin and McPhail and all. I want to see their reaction to this goal. How much does it mean to them? Go on, and tell me. By God, they were celebrating the fuck out of this goal. <laughs> They were loving. You know, do you know what I loved as well? There was a great photo from the two the game. I think it was where um, Cronin is up in arms celebrating. Mac is celebrating. Darren Dillon, they're all smiling, and Brad's has got a real serious look in his face. And I was thinking, this is a great caption competition. It looks like they're dragging him out of nightclub <laughs> at four in the morning. And he's gargled. And they're all celebrating, but it was a brilliant photo. But yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it's good to keep an eye on the staff like that sometimes as well. Have a little watch around, see what happens. But 
mayhem again. But um, Longford breaking hearts, breaking Longford hearts this season. Well, like, when it's a funny enough, um, talking to a friend of mine and he used to live in Longford, and I was like, Jesus, like I hadn't seen him in a long time, and I was chatting away to him on uh, a face, not FaceTime, what's it, the video, video WhatsApp. And he was saying he's living in Longford for a year. And he said, what on fucking earth possessed you to do that? He said, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> he said, I had to stay down there with a friend. I was studying. He said, it's a fucking shithole. I said, yes, yes, it is. Well, that's what you get when you move to the Midlands. What do you expect? There's nothing to do in Longford. They have a multi-million pound holiday resort and they picked Longford. <laughs> Centre parks, you deserve the world business. Why would you pick Longford? It's in the middle of Ireland. There's no ocean. Yeah, there's anyway, no bedies down. It's about to go. But, uh, we can't yeah, so was it? Three times, Gar. We've broken Longford's hearts with these late winners. I saw a stat that in, in 285 minutes of action, we were ahead for three of those. We've been ahead in the game against Longford for three out of 285 minutes. Three whole minutes. And we won all three games. That's that's crazy. Three whole um, minutes probably. Last longer than me anyway. <laughs> what if she moons you? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, sign of champions, girl. Uh, big time. Imagine, yeah, and like, like Matty O'Dowd always says, Matty O'Dowd, we're gonna have um we're gonna have a tattoo show again, hopefully, like we said, when we get things back to normal. Uh, tattoo show coming up. I'm gonna get the Tifties logo. Matty O'Dowd is gonna get. It's not luck if you keep doing it. Yeah, you keep saying it. Yeah, and he's he's dead. So on. we Liam scales, but he said this about the goal. He said I saw Sean looking up and thought this is a chance to get across the centre half, and I made a run for it. Explained Scalesy. Said lucky enough there was pace on the ball and pace on the run. It was just about directing it on target to see it go in. I was over the moon. I was pushing for the goal, and when Lee Grace came on, I was told to push up the pitch. It was just a gamble. And it really paid off. And a big shout out to Bradzer for making this gamble. And normally, I mean, Liam Scales isn't the one you're probably going to pick to get up the pitch and try and get you a goal. But Bradzer recognised this, that this was possibly one of the ways that we could get a goal and have a goal, throw another guy up there for a header. Yeah, because you're watching it. This wasn't like a set piece, Randon. This is the 96 minute. And you're thinking, what's Scales doing up there? <laughs> I know he pops up with the winner, but in saying that, he has a he has an eye for a cracker, and he's got some he's got some highlight reel now for Rovers, isn't he? Three goals, all crackers. Yeah. So that was him, anyway. But um, yeah. So on, on his move away from Rovers, unfortunately, it's the elephant in the room, but we have to address it. So I just want to keep playing games until whatever move is done. That's the way I've been approaching it. Until I'm not a Rovers player, I'm going to do everything I can while I'm here. I want to be in the team every week and I still need to stay focused and stay grounded. So a good lad and he knows it's happening. But we, listen, we're realists here at Rovers and we know that some players are going to leave like Jack, like Aaron Mack. These players are going to leave on eventually. But once they remain professional when they're, when they're here with us, we're okay with that. Yeah, Liam's had, um, he has experience of deals falling through before uh, Bristol, wasn't it? So he, he also said that last time that distracted him. So what he's doing is he's leaving all that side of things to someone else so it doesn't attract him from the pitch. And Gary's Gary's dancing his dog in front of me. <laughs> it's, you know what? it's a nice change from yours 
your cat trying to sever me a kill me a kill. I've never flaunted my cat in front of front of Zoom, right? I've never done that. <laughs> so she's a couple a of, media hard as well. So Gary, yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about other other European before before well. you say under other uh, results, Gary. Consecutive clean sheets for only the second time this season. What? Wrap your head around Stat that of the season so far. So we've only kept two clean sheets in a row twice. Yep. Imagine I said that to you last Christmas. That oh, we would be sitting here in August and we would have kept consecutive clean sheets twice. I'd have got you out of club. You've been <laughs> gone out of club. Simple. Crazy. And, crazy. And you oh, can look at it. Um, build on. Also putting a bit of a positive spin on it. One goal conceded in four games, and that was a deflected free kick. Yeah, it's the form. It's the post-European form, Prof. Um, yeah, so we'll move on. Other European results and bowls beat, beat Pelk 2-1 with a team littered with international flair. Shinji Kagawa, they had Viarinha, who ran the show against us years ago against Pelk. Crazy stuff. Dundalk drew 2-2 away to Vitesse. And... Uh, <laughs> this call from McElhaney. Oh my God, did you see it? Did you see the it's, thing? It's this absolutely a outrageous goal. A dink. This is a dink. You can fight me to the death for this one. This is Just a dink. everything about this goal, the run, the finish, it's stunning. Your man's got, he got sent for a Dutch newspaper. He's out there collecting the papers now as it is and he, apparently, who's was a Shields. Shields was in an interview saying that he hated the fact that he had to. He was trying to dink every finish in training, <laughs> and look what he goes and does! Like absolutely stunning finish. Let's be honest. Um, it's mad. Look at look how well he's playing, and like he's on his way to Derry. I know, yeah, on his way to Derry, and he's still a super player. Like he really is, and he's he's not in the twilight of his career. Like he still has years left in him. Here's the question, Prof. Would you take him? That's a moot point, doesn't it? He's going to Derry. Mm. He can he can come after that. But would you take? Would do you think McElhaney, Right. Let's have a fictional conversation. Will McElhaney fit into our team? He's still very injury prone, though. Until until I see him for a full season. That's the question, Prof. Not right now. No. He's in the farm of his life, so I mean, obviously, like. Best case scenario, I would take him, yeah. But uh, I, I want to see him with a season under his belt, no injuries. Mm, but there yeah. was there was a stat. I think he would. I think he's the type. He's, he's Brad's just type of player. I mean, if you're talking about the most naturally gifted players in the league, McElhenney and Burke are always in that conversation. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Technically, anyway, yeah. But, there, was, uh, there was a stat, uh, Garrett. From a Bowls fan, so I'm hesitant to use it, but here it is. <laughs> League of Ireland clubs, nine European wins, three draws this season already, 26 goals, none televised. Yeah, madness. Probably better off keeping them off telling now at this stage, Jim. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is the European results, Prof. We're going to move on to domestic Action and we had Pats winning 4 1 at Dundalk. Great win, bringing them back to earth with a bump after that draw in Holland. Um, apparently they were in it up until one all, but that's a that's a spanking at home. Yeah, it's a heavy defeat. Did you hear um, 
when you were talking about afterwards, it was like <laughs> no. we we beat we beat ourselves. Past didn't beat us. But then it's mad how like yeah, at the start of the season, obviously there was a lot of talk about them doc, but I feel like the last couple of months. Nobody's talking about their horrible league position. They just keep oh about how shite they are. Vinny has stabilized them. I mean, they're way off the pace. And like I can't wait until they get knocked out of Europe so that finally the spotlight goes back on how the team with the biggest budget in the league, which also people don't talk about, are absolutely miles off the pace. Yep. And I think as as the league progresses, I think it's gonna be a little bit more prevalent as well because when it comes to the crunch and it comes to the European places, um, see, they're out, they're out of cup now as well, so they haven't got a back door to go through. So they have to qualify for Europe via the league. So this is a big, big ask for them now. And will Vinny be the fall guy at the end of the season? I think as the league goes on and we're going to start seeing him falling away a little bit further, there's, there's going to be a lot more pressure on them now because, I mean, like you said, massive, massive budget and they're not anywhere near qualifying at the minute. So, uh, Harps beat Sligo one 0 as well, prop up there. So amazing result for us. And balls this one in Waterford. So a great week all around. Um, really positive. And I mean, balls made a lot of changes. And there's unrest in the balls dressing room, prof. That is all we'll say. But it is some of their young starlets aren't happy with some paltry contracts being thrown their way. Very disrespectful in my opinion, but listen, it's got it's all fallen to pieces there. Crawley and Long up to their usual antics of alienating young players. But hopefully they can possibly find a home in Tallah Stadium. We can make them flourish like we usually do. Yeah, I'd, I'd be delighted if if either Bowles or Dundalk miss out on fourth because massive consequences for, for both. Because Bowles have obviously Youth. been building towards this for a long time. And with these European results, if they don't get back there again next year, that's a disaster. And uh, by the way, you have to correct you, Dundalk are still in the cup. They beat Treaty. Who was I talking about? Who was I talking about? There was a big one, Pats. I think you're talking about Sligo, is it? Sligo, possibly, yeah. Yeah, Sligo. Somebody went down the fourth week and I was taking the piss out of him. I can't remember who it was. Sligo lost five in a row, including the, the cup in Europe. That, it was Pats. It was Pats, wasn't it? They're in free fall. I'm not sure it was Pats. No, Pats are in the cup as well. Ah, oh, forget it. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, there's a quote here because, you know, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times in, on the show. Well, it was a Lambert tweet, wasn't it? It was like, no oligarchs, no investors, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they're talking about how far they've come as a fan-owned club in what is it? Five, six years. So, Great quote from Johnny Maloney, uh, not a Bowes fan. He says, when Roberts fans took over the club in 2005, by 2011, we'd played Real Madrid and Juventus and Tata, won two (laughs) leagues and played in the group stages of the Europa League. It's been some years this for Bowes in comparison. A little bit of perspective there, yeah? Bring them down to earth with with a bit of a bump. But mm-hmm. uh, of course, there's going to be excuses for why we did have this success, and there'll be excuses made that we weren't fan owned and whatever else they want to say. But listen, it's 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 nothing. It's a new point at this stage. We'll just let them get on with their their, their mid or what their mid table existence, and they're happy to kind of ex- they're just happy to exist like they, like they've been said on record as well. So um, we'll move on from 
we will move on to Brazzers MK Don speculation. So hopefully it's all garbage because a zombie club in the middle of a fucking shithole like Milton Keynes, surely it's not that much of a, an attractive package for Brazzers. And hopefully, hopefully the likes of Glenn Crown as well and Mac pers- persuade him to stick around. But I don't know. You don't know what's going on here, Prof. It could be a ruse. You know Barrett's his agent as well and they're thick as thieves, so Barrett could be in his ear trying to get him a few more quid. You never know what's going on. We really don't. So the, the interest, is it real? Dan McDonald says it is, but isn't Dan McDonald pals with Bradshaw as well? I think We're throwing it, it all out there. Seems like the interest is genuine. Uh, if you look at the bookies' odds, it went from 12-1 to down to 7-2, to but... In terms of whether Brazzer would take it, I can't see it because he's on the cusp of something here. He spent five years building something here. Yeah, to I, go no, to some bastard club in the middle of fucking Milton Keynes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, franchise club in League One. But more importantly, Garrett, no Brazzer, no podcast. No This, Bradzer, this podcast no. begun in Brazzer's first season, first full season in charge. It's not continuing out Brazzer. No, no, not at all. So if Bradzer wants Tifty to continue, he needs to stick around. Yep. And the, 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 the funniest part about all this was the reaction to it online by fans of other clubs, especially Bose fans. Apparently Bradzer is a fraud. Oh, yeah, one, one fan. You've got a quote there, have you? I don't have the quote. But uh, it's just like using the word fraud. A 36-year-old manager with a league and a cup under his belt is a fraud. He's a fraud. He's a fraud. And this is this extends from what's what was the unbeaten run that we went on against Bowes and then they ended up breaking it, obviously. But I mean, realistically, come on. A fraud. A fraud. It's just ridiculous. But you need to hook it up to the vein, soak it up. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Like it like I don't know if they think it's bothering us, but we just think it's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> ridiculous but let them think that let them think that we'll just keep racking up the, the silverware but yeah so we'll move on move on from the speculation and we're going to talk with the underage results with the 19th beat Sligo 1-0 at home with the 17th with a game in Limerick and uh, that was postponed and we the ladies 17th winning 1-0 away to Sligo as well with the 15th beating Wexford 7-0 in a gold fest at the Roadstone and the 14th were 2-1 winners down in the sunny southeast in Wexford and uh, yeah, so there's the weekend's results for the underage boys. Yeah, and the lady, the ladies, seventeens. There, that's five wins and a draw from six so far for the, for them. They're looking good, yeah. And there was an interview uh, with the gaffer there on SRFC TV on the weekend. Very good. That's right. Yeah, Sean Kelly, who was also on the podcast last year, if you recall. Yep. With Garrett's charges, prop strawberries and cream down in Wexford, two one winners. Very very good win down there. So, uh, yeah, so Richie's tell Richie tell strike versus Slovan and won our goal of the month competition and well deserved as well. You find that you'd be hard pressed to find a better strike in uh, the month, never mind just this month alone, any month. So, fantastic stuff, really, really was a great strike. And yeah, worthy we the mayhem in the south stand because of it. Four years ago was last, uh, was Lee Grace's debut for Rovers, probably four years since we relegated Galway. Four years since we took him off their hands and um, he's been fantastic ever since. He's been Rolls Royce of a sign and like we said, had a little bit of a blip but he's come back in blistering form and uh, he's back. Lee Grace is back after a little bit of dip in form. But brilliant stuff from Lee. Four years at the club. Who's our longest serving member now, Prof? 
four years is nice. Pico will be ahead of him anyway. And uh, speak Pico and Ronald Finn still. Yeah, Pigo and Ron Finn. But we have, of course, McDarrett Ferris. He did a great interview with Billy Denny for the SRF CTV. And they beat us too, Prop. We're going to have to go to war here. I know we've made up, but we're going to have to go to war with SRF CTV now. Yeah, we were thinking of ideas for the Belgrade 10 year anniversary. But uh, no, I've got, I've got a new idea now. I think I think you'll like it. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. But uh, it'll be a cool little tribute to uh, to Belgrade. Possibly what we could do even for a little bit for SRFC TV in between the 15 minute uh, interval that they have how about we get some fans to recreate Sully's goal (laughs) that'd be a bit of crack in the rolls though wouldn't it we also get them to recreate Shepard's dive yeah yeah, that'd be do you know what that'd be even funnier (laughs) that'd be even funnier man but there you go. There's some ideas for the SRFC TV mob. No, great. If they great want to hearing continue from, to um, plage, they want to continue to plagiarize us. Okay. Great hearing from from Billy. Uh, seems like a lovely guy. He always seemed to be smiling, wasn't he? When we think back to the good times of Roberts. Oh yeah, definitely. Always a big fan of Billy. He was somebody that split the fan base. Always a big fan of Billy. Outscored Gary Twig in the season. Full of assists. Full of goals. Full of effort. Never never gave anything less than 100 percent for me. Anyway, I always loved Billy. Frustrating at times he was, but I loved it at the time. I loved the winger who'd hug the touchline, and that was it. Oh, there were definitely times where he maybe pulled my hair out, but um, no, I, I definitely liked uh, Danny Heat Roberts. Yeah, mm. pretty good player. All right, so prof, next up we have the Tifties Hotline Part Two and the remaining five callers. So here they are. Yellow. Hey guys, it's Raphael here. Uh, well, my favorite signing of uh, Stephen Bradley was uh, Leon Scales. I know that we've had a lot of good signings over the last years, but since Leon has been playing very well this season, I think he deserves the credit here. So I'm choosing him. Uh, well, and I also think that the team will run us the closest in the, the title race. It's going to be Pat. However, as always, Rovers will be the number one. So no concerns in here at all. The SRFC TV has been great so far. I think a lot of uh, good content has been produced. I think it's really important uh, uh, to the club to keep on doing that. And I totally agree with Brazer when he said that we we just need to build our own product and forget about RTE. Uh, basically, the club can and will uh, produce re- really good content for the, the, the fans, and this is going to be very beneficial. Well, my favorite uh, uh, Rovers European home game, uh, I, I haven't been uh, to a lot of them so far, but uh, for sure I will choose last year against AC Milan. Uh, I know that uh, unfortunately the, the fans couldn't attend to the game, but I was lucky enough to be there. So and it was a really really nice game, even though the we didn't win, but it was it was good uh, uh, to be there and watch that that game. And uh, uh, my choice for the opening song of this week's podcast is going to be uh, "Time Is Running Out" by Muse. I think it's it's the perfect song. And Gar, I hope you're not too bored. Uh, while you are stuck in quarantine and I really hope that you have uh, uh, started uh, writing your book about your quarantine memories. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to to read it 
Well lads, Paul O'Dwyer here, repping the Gary Twig Supporters Club. Thanks for sending over the questions for this edition of the Tifties Hotline. Um, my favourite sign of the Bradley era, I'm going to have to sit on the fence a little bit because they're just there's no picking between them. Pico and Jack Byrne. We all know about the story of Jack and, and how he came back and he certainly did prove himself. So he really did light up the league and it's a pity we only got to see a small small portion of him in the hoops but he did he was so good he was just so good and he will we want to see a lot more of him in the future as well hopefully in the green of ireland and and other big clubs uh pico to me though as well has just been what's been said about pico you know he's such an improvement but in saying that he was already a good player but he really has turned into a great leader when finn is not on the pitch you can just see he just oozes of the captain uh, the captain attribute so um he's been fantastic and as a former classmate of mine in Germany Castle it's great to see one of the good guys really uh, demonstrate what it means to, to play for the club um who's going to run us closest in the league this year I'm going to go with Pats um I know that's just because they're they're in second now at the moment but uh, they have they have the general of the dark arts leading them so they're going to be eking out points where they probably don't deserve it um, but look, that's that's kind of the way it goes. I'm still wary of Bucko, so Sligo will grab a lot of points. But um, yeah, I do think Pats will be the closest challengers. Even if Rovers play middle of the road, we will win this league. If we play our best, we will tear it to shreds. So I do think that the league is there for the taking for us. Another player who's impressing me though, not in re- at the start of the season, Adam or Foley from Harps, you know, but I, I suppose Georgie Kelly from Bowes, if you were to, I don't really tune into the other teams too much unless they're playing ourselves, so uh, it's kind of, it's 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 a tough one to say, there's been a lot of inconsistency from the other teams, it's not just a two horse race where you have the likes of Duffy and Hoban and all this uh, really, really hitting the stride, there's no one really else been, been doing it, so uh, I think that's kind of where where I'm at with that one. Yeah, for sure aren't they all God's children at the end of the day. I've been really impressed with SRFC TV. It's great to have people who are genuinely passionate about the league and obviously genuinely passionate about our club, making sure it's the best product that it could possibly be. It's also great to have the likes of Siobhan Madigan and Jerry Cannon off back there on their bog ball again. Um, so it's been great. I do think it's awful to have to rely on you know the old cap and hand to RTE so in that sense Bradley's right but it the likes of it, it is important to be able to have to work you know we need to have it working concurrently with with our streaming product it's been a great product and you know who knew replays were a thing of the future well so you know it's 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 been great and and the likes of Con and Graham and, and even the, the the guys in the audio assisted commentary going concurrently onto that like they they it's all been brilliant so there's, um, it'll be great to see it expanded in the future. Favourite European home game? There's, there's so many. What comes to mind? McCabe's, McCabe's goal against Partizan. The atmosphere and performance against Copenhagen. The belt and out Shamrock Rovers champions at that, at, at, at that game. The the Apollon game. I brought a couple of mates up to that and they were amazed at that. I was so proud of the team but also proud of the, of the product that we had. But I think the big one for me was Bran. Brand was just incredible, just the range of emotions, just the, the support from the fans, the players' performance, the comeback victory. 
you know, me and my little brother go to the games and it's almost like you're building up a brain aneurysm. You're just going to scream as much as you can to try and support the team. And when there's that real momentum going, it's brilliant. And the release and the relief, the joy that comes with that goal, when, when it's, particularly when Jack swivels and, and put it in the back of the net. It was it was pretty amazing that night against Bran. Um, in terms of a song, I had to admit I didn't one didn't come to mind. I had to do a little bit of a Google, but a I don't stop till you get enough, Michael Jackson. You know this team just does not know when to stop. They just they just don't know when to die. It's 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 a great team. They really represent the club so well, and to be able to get such good results, but also great performances from the Jaws defeat as well. It's um it's really something special to have at the moment. And a message to Gar. I hope he, uh, well, first of all, I hope he hasn't gone out of his head. But I, um, <laughs> the big message is I hope he hasn't blown his beans, using up all his Manscaped subscription in one go. But if he is looking to kill a bit of time, he might want to have a look. Now, I don't want to be putting the cart before the horse or anything like that. Uh, but he might want to have a look and see what other teams are still left in the Europa Conference, whether they're playing at the round that we're in, dropping from the Europa League, or just who have already qualified for the group stages. He might have a little look and see what sort of potential away trips or countries that are still in it and see what's uh see what the crack is of this competition because it definitely could be it should be one worthwhile for rovers um in the future obviously you'd be looking at champions league in europa but this is a handy financial windfall as well i'm trying not to kill everyone in the gaff that might be a successful strategy so best of luck lads keep on hooping Ruby Maggie, the shamroga good joe and let's keep going How's it going, lads? Vaughn Bourne here. Um, big fan of the podcast. Keep it up, boys. Um, just going to answer a few questions here. My favourite signing of the Bradley era, although there's been a few crackers and it might change, um, Jack Bourne, probably. I just thought he was a breath of fresh air. Um, he was a genius on the ball. He could pick out passes that no one else in the ground could see. He could open the fences. And we were just always a threat with him. And yeah, I just think he was fantastic. Um, the team that will run us closest this year is looking like Pats. Um, I didn't think they would, but um, I'm speaking to you Sunday evening. So they had a comprehensive win over Dundalk. So yeah, probably Pats. Player that stands out from uh, another club, um, actually quite like Aaron O'Driscoll, who plays for Longford centre half. I just think he's so composed on the ball and um, thinks he's a good player in a fucking woeful team. Um, I do like a centre half, so I always like uh, John Mann. Um, I think he's quality. Obviously, has a setback with injuries. Um. And who else? Um, Jordan Gibson had a great start to the season, but I think we probably have the 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 pick of the best players at the moment. Um, SRFC TV. Well, thankfully we've been at most of the games, so I haven't. I've watched back a few of the games. I think the production is amazing. 
Um, I think what we can do as a club um, on our own is fucking top notch. Um, the commentary, whether it's uh, Con or um, whoever, like it's it's brilliant to know uh, Phelan going in there as well, and it's been it's just been fantastic. Um, the halftime stuff, the it's just the, it's a top notch production. Um, I totally agree with Bradley in terms of RTE. Um, the, what what they what they provide is just it's crumbs really. Um, the financial stuff is it's it's nothing. Um, what they're offering. This malarkey of fucking change and times of games, like wanting to play a game, you know, midweek to a Friday, or sorry, to a a Thursday game to to, to five o'clock, when you've got members and season ticket holders um, come from work and stuff like that, it just shows absolute contempt for clubs, and they've been doing it for years. So yeah, I'd say Bradley's dead right, develop the product ourselves, um, sell it ourselves, um, own the rights to it, you know, and fuck them basically. Um, my favourite ever Rovers game, European game at home, um, although like at the time, like playing the likes of Juventus and Spurs and all that, I think it has to be bleeding winning the game. And I think Brand was probably my favourite because the way we finished the away leg and the arrogance that they had, I mean. Most clubs in Europe, when they draw teams from Ireland, when they draw Rovers, they, they, they do see it as a handy one. I think they had a touch of arrogance about them. And the way we went out and did them, falling the goal behind, and then just the quality, uh, Jack's goal, and then, um, yeah, just like the, the quality and the way we, the way we put them to bed was, was fantastic. The, the, the south stand there. Um, as someone mentioned previously, like sucking the ball into the goal, it was just it just had everything. It was brilliant. So that's probably my favourite. Um, seventeen year old, I do Yeah, um, that was absolutely fucking brilliant. I mean, they played from I probably I think the sixth minute. Uh, time wasting, and it, I just really felt that it was going to be one of those really frustrating things and a nervy. I know it's going to be a nervy away toy anyway but like they just played for a draw from the get-go and the way Oidemo timed his run into the box and absolutely fucking buried it and it was even at that stage I was convinced it was coming off the crossbar Um, so my choice um, for the opening of the podcast actually a song called 17 Believe it or not, boy, Boyd Barrett and his Rockets. So, yeah, look that one up. I think that would be fitting. Um, do I have any activities um, for the bedroom? Um, uh, quarantine there. Oh, Jesus, I don't want to get myself in trouble. Uh, meditation. Um, meditation, that is. And that's it. Um Thanks for asking me to do this and keep on hooping. Hi guys, uh, it's Mick Bourne here, ex-player. Um, just being asked, would I do this? Uh, answer five questions. Um, and I'll kick her off straight away with um, Stephen's signings. Uh, for the last number of years, 
I think he's made some great signings. Some fabulous players have come, come on, come and gone. In fact, but signings that he made that made a big difference to us. I'd say was big one is uh, Joey O'Brien and being a great, great the loads of experience coming into the team. Brilliant signing for the club, um, and you can see the the confidence at the back. He he uses with with uh, his just his his knowledge and all sorts. Uh, he's helped so many so many of the back four back five probably. Um, again, brilliant signing. Um, one that I I we all probably would say that was a great signing was Jack Bourne, who has moved on since. But probably my favourite signing would be Scales. He's been absolutely outstanding since he came in on a young lad and he looks like he's going to move on again uh, hopefully he gets the right move uh, we don't want him, don't, don't him going to any uh, a premiership side or maybe there's talk of Celtic at the moment but um, a fabulous signing for us uh, UCD lad but uh, he's been brilliant since he has arrived in um, plenty of quality there so lots of new good signings brilliant signings in fact uh, and you have to be you have to be good to sign for Shamrock Rovers and have the mentality to play for them so that's what I would say scales for me uh, second question was about um, who's going to run us close uh, for the league this year uh, I really think Sligo Rovers are going to run us close um, I know they're playing tonight so um, I just think watching them over the last couple of weeks, and we've I've seen them live against ourselves, and they played really well against us. And I just think they're one of the teams that will bring the runners close. Um, and in that question, there was a standout player. Um, for me, the standout player, I'd say, uh, is a Georgie Kelly of Bowles. In fact, um. Centre forward, I probably is it's probably my thing that I I'd, I'd watch centre forwards the the way they 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 play how they play and uh, in fairness Georgie has been very very good uh, but he would be one of the standout players. Um, just on the 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 other the third one is um about the Shamrock Rovers FC TV. I think it's brilliant. Um. I, I agree with uh, Bradzar about um, about RTE. Absolute disgrace the way what they've said and what they're going on about. But yeah, I think think that um, the Shamrock Rovers TV would be a great thing. You, you, we may get some big company come in and want to put money into it, and it'll be better for everybody um, and better for football as well. If RTE don't want to do the football. But in fairness, um, I think they're doing a great job at the moment. So I do agree with uh, Stephen. Um, the the next one was my uh, favourite uh, European game. Uh, well, my favourite European game had to be the Celtic game at Milltown that I played in. Um, we actually played really well that night. We were unfortunate to get beaten 1-0. And... Um, but we played really well, hit the crossbar a couple of times. I probably should have scored as well. But that was my one of my favourites. Milltown was absolutely unbelievable on that night. The, the ground was uh, in, in unbelievable condition. So, uh, yeah, that was my favourite. Um, 
the next question um, would have been um, was let me see what was the question um, yeah the question that I think was about um, what song would would be seeing this this uh, this this week coming um, for the broadcast podcast uh, I think a, a song would look like we'll never die is always a great song um, that they sing um, because that's what um, Shamrock Rose is all about. They'll never die. Um, we we're, were trying to kill killed off back in the 80s when they, they took the ground away from us and look where we are now and a beautiful stadium in Tala. Um, so we'll never die is, is probably appropriate for it. Um, the other thing is I was asked about um, Gars uh, is not uh, available this week or here. He's uh, tied up. I don't know whether it's it's uh, the COVID or something has got to him or whatever. But he's he's uh, here. He's not around. But something that he should probably do this week is actually uh, write a letter to RTE and tell them how we all feel about them. Um, and that's probably some something he could do to you know if he starts putting his head around that and and really thinking about what he should say to RT from all of us. Uh, so all the best. Hope everybody is good. And I hope we get a, a win tomorrow. Uh, chat soon. Cheers. How's it going, folks? Ed Saul here from the Pride of Rings End Supporters Club. Delighted to be asked to contribute towards the hotline. What has been your favourite signing of the Stephen Bradley era? Well, there's been a few, hasn't there? There's been um, really, really good players. I suppose the easy ones you can say is Jack Bourne. Um, what a player in, in a rover short. The things he could do on the pitch. I throw Aaron McIniff into that bracket. But I've narrowed it down to two. Um, tough choice, but in second place has to be Big Al. What a goalkeeper, what a leader, and um, great lad. Um, he's been unbelievable for us since he's come into the into the into the club again. He um just when we needed a goalkeeper, uh, someone to step up and you just don't want it to end really. I know he's he's nearly hitting forty now, but he's as fit as ever and you just don't want the the the, the love tale with Alan to end at all, like um but my favourite player in the Bradley era is the one and only Joey O'Brien. He is a leader. His standards are unbelievable. Um, no coincidence that since he's back playing, we're starting to win games again. For what he brings, like, and I can go back to uh, to last season when we were playing in empty stadiums and stuff like that, and you go in. And you hear the things that he says on the pitch to the players. And he's just one of those players that you want to play with. I can imagine imagine him in the dressing room. You just you'd go through a brick wall for him as well. He's a future Rovers manager in my eyes. Um but yeah, favourite signing at the Bradley era definitely is Joey O'Brien. What team do I think will run as closest in the in the league and stand out player this season? To be brutally honest, I don't really care about the other teams um, because 
it's all about what Shamrock Rovers does. We um we went through a bit of a I wouldn't even say a bad patch because when we were dropping points and lost a couple of games, we were still top of the league. We were still there or thereabouts. And I think what went unnoticed as well was that like we had a team full of injuries in April and May, like a team full of injuries. And we also had lads who were playing through the playing barrier and getting injections to play. And we were never, ever going to be at our best. And we just plugged away. And now all of a sudden we, we've hit the European um, stage and it's no coincidence that we're playing our best football again. Everybody's back fit. We have serious options on the bench again. Players are coming on, making an impact, making a difference. And I was always confident that we could, um, that we'd pick up points again and go on a run. And if you look at everybody else around us, they're all dropping points, playing European games and dropping points. We're kicking on. Um, so I don't really give a fuck about anyone else, to be honest, lads. They can say what they want. Uh, I, I use keep. I laugh to myself when I see in the media and hear in the media, oh, Shamrock Rovers have the biggest budget. We don't have the biggest budget, by the way. Um, Shamrock Rovers have the best resources. They have sugar daddies. They have millionaires. What a load of bollocks. Like, Think about it. You know, we have an investor who pumped in a couple of million, he can pump in fucking five more million. Brilliant, bring it on. But we also have an investor that, you know, has bailed us out and put his own money in, living in Australia, comes from a brilliant Rovers family, and he's one of our own. Like, so I wouldn't call him a private investor, I'd call him one of our own, Ray Wilson. What a man, what a legend. And then something that pisses me off even more is that our membership never gets enough credit off these people that say, oh, Sean McGraw is the biggest budget, Sean McGraw is biggest resources, blah, 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 blah. What about our membership who've been putting the hard-earned money into the club for a long, long, long time now, a real long time, through uh, uh, recessions, um, booms, global pandemics, you name it, we've just kept doing it. That money doesn't go into fucking pockets. It goes into the club, to the running of the club. It goes into the team being successful. And it just pisses me off when that never gets mentioned. Um, at least we have something to show for it. We have an unbelievable academy and facilities. And the reason we're up there now with the best squad is because of fucking hard work. Of hard work on and off the pitch. So... To answer that question, I don't care about anyone else. Um, I don't really fear them. It's about what we do. We're kicking on now. We're playing well. We're picking up wins. And hopefully, hopefully, come November time, we'll be champions again. Best player that stood out for me. Obviously, the Bowles lads are doing well. The young lads show, but we'll just sign them when we want. So we keep an eye on that one. One player that stands out, another player that stands out, for obviously I have uh, allegiances to the Leinster Senior League and I love seeing Adam Foley do well at Finn Harps. He's one of the players that, um, you know, you're always looking for players in Leinster Senior League. Can they make that step up to the to the next level at League of Ireland? And he certainly has. He's, he's a handful. So, yeah, Adam Foley um, from Finn Harps. Um, 
I've been very impressed with SRSC F- FC TV. Um, great production, great lads involved. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Graham Gartland, good lad, great lad. We've got good people in the club. Um, Graham, Con, Phelan, they're all doing wonderful work. So keep up the good work, lads. Favourite Euro- European home game that we are at? I'm going to go for a blast from the past here. Odre in the Intertoto Cup. Um, like I was only fucking a young fella, but you know, Rovers in Europe in them days were a massive thing, whether it was the Intertoto Cup or not. That was a brilliant day um, beating them. I'll always remember that, the joy on everyone's faces when we went through against them. Of the current uh, games, last uh, two seasons ago, the the Bran and uh, Limassol games were class in Tallaght, mainly because of the atmosphere and the crowds that we got at them. And not only that, my son is, is at that age now where he's absolutely loved going to games and he's the next generation. And he, there was a picture taken from the Bran game and he's up on the railings with his hands in the air and his fist in the air. And uh, I actually have that picture framed and, and up at home. So they're good memories. Um. Idemo, 17-year-old Idemo scoring the winner. Um, like, what do you say about that? Like, obviously, I was at the academy last year, and and I've seen him up close. So, he is a frightening talent. He glides by players. He just has that um thing where he can draw a defender in, and he just knocks the ball by him. And it's scary what he can do. And and to think he's only seventeen to come on and score the winner in a European game at home like what a special special moment for him and I could only I could only pitch up Brad's are saying to him there you know the game's tight it's nil all we're looking for someone to come on and win the game or change and you're saying to him oh, you, know, you can be a hero here you can go on and score the winner and lo and behold he goes and scores the winner and you could see what it meant to him and that's why my song for this week's podcast has to be MK17 uh great tune for Idemo who's obviously 17 do I have a message for Gar I have a, mes- I have a message for the two of you actually uh, Prof I wasn't happy with your fuck Celtic job last week you obviously said it from the heart I could see the fucking veins pumping when you were saying it wasn't impressed at all by the way Gary I'm thinking about you in quarantine but I'd say you have your fluffy socks on uh, having a having a beer, getting ready for Gogglebox, uh, new series. So I'd say that's what you're up to. But listen, lads, I've probably ranted on here a bit, uh, nine minutes or so. Um, but look, uh, well done to everybody. Well done to all the Rovers fans. Keep getting behind the team. It's great to see everyone back in Tally. I know from a f- I know for a fact, lad, from speaking to a couple of the players, that they are absolutely loving having the fans back in and it's no coincidence that we're we're starting to get results and play some of our best football so keep getting behind the team everybody stay safe and keep on hooping so we ref followed where Vaughn, Mick and Ed so great to hear from them Ed Ed just doesn't show up does he <laughs> <laughs> he's great and good luck to him in this season as well he's had a good start for Crumlin it's uh, it's going to be a very very competitive Vence Senior League season this year Bluebell having a great start as well. Mock is looking like they're they're leading the way with some very, very they have a goal scorer, a goal scorer in Garmin Caffrey. The goal scorer in the Lester Senior League, it's huge. 
So it's going to be a great season. Try and get down and check out Ed down at Pierce Park, the home and the hotbed of talent that it is. But yeah, some great, some great uh, interviews with the boys there, Prof. Yeah, Mick Byrne chose Celtic as his European match, 1986 at Milldown. I was hoping he'd pick that one because it, a lot of people were picking Brand for obvious reasons. Yeah. And of course, in Mick's case, he played in that game. Uh, Paul O'Dwyer playing chanting at the end of his call. That, that has to be a first. <laughs> yeah, he's good, all right. So, a, a, so a recording within a recording within a recording. Yeah. So it's like Inception. I've never seen Inception. I don't want to. Ah, Prof, get in there. Great movie. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. Next up, Prof, we have starting 11s and predictions. Oh, God. It's a tough one. Wait, hold on. The dog is actually attacking me here, Prof. Just wants attention. Right. I'm going to have to sit the dog on me. Right. Rosie is going to help me pick this team. Prof, we're going to go. Alamanis, Pico, Grace. Grace is going to start for me here. Pico, Grace, and Joey. I'm guessing Joey is good to go. Um, I'm going to set scales on the left. Ooh. I'm going to go solid. I'm going to go dependable. And plus, Sean Cavan is a great player to bring off the bench. I'm going to go Finner on the right. It's going to be Tell in the middle with Gary O'Neill. And I think I'm going to go Watts. Watts and Bork because he's, he's he's definitely capable of a bit of magic. Watts, Bork, and I'll go Gaffney. I'll go Gaffney. Watts, Bork, and Gaffney. I was going to go Green, but because we have the lead, I don't think we're going to have to have as much possession as, as we think we will. I don't think we will have as much possession as we think we will, so I think Gaffney is the man there. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one all draw and a tight, tight ending to the game. I was gonna say this team nearly picks itself, but it's always the, it's always the Danny Mandrew Graham Burke call. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, That's what it comes down to. The, the end of the show, isn't it? The rest of the team. Like, I think we're gonna get this team selection right, but yeah, Burke and Danny Mandrew, you you wouldn't know what he would do there. But um, yeah, no, I like your team. And I have a bit of an unusual prediction. Go on. I'm saying nil-nil. Nil-nil from the we're prof. Going, we're, we're going through. It, wouldn't, it, doesn't surprise me. it wouldn't surprise me if it was nil-nil, to be honest, because these are fucking horrible. Yeah, a couple of stats for you. Uh, Brazier is about to take charge of his 17th European match. Breaking Michael O'Neill's all-time record. Oh! Good start to the season for MON as well. 3 2 win prop. I hope you backed them again, did you? Well, no, he burned me last season, Gary. So he burned you. Yeah. I reckon he'd do well this season. I reckon he'd get them up. And Braz was on the verge of a fourth knockout tie win, which would also break O'Neill's record. Oh, prof, prof. Jinxing it. Oh, jinxing it. So that is it. And uh, squad traveled out Tuesday morning, prof. Um, the heat is is crazy, is what we're hearing up near the forties, which is not good for pasty Irish skin. I feel for the gingers mm-hmm. in the squad. So Danny be Gaffney. okay then? <laughs> Danny be alright. Yeah, Danny has the old tan on already, but 
Gaffney, bring the factor 50. Mr. Scales, get that factor 50 on you. It's yeah, the last we, thing we need. We saw but, the pictures, uh, didn't we, of um, the players checking in the airport. Uh, Ray Wayne was there. Uh, probably Mark Turner there as well, well wa- waving them off. It's very frustrating as well because it should be us, you know. Once again, we always say it, it should be us. We should be there. Should have had the. I, I would have liked to have seen how the change in venue would have affected us as well. You know, I mean, we're, we would have gone from a port city into the Midlands and just all those little things that we would have done. We probably would have had a deal with some port boozer sorted already. So we'd have had to change it and find a boozer in the Midlands. It's just all the little things that you, you miss, yeah. you know. But yeah, that's no, a big one. Big, big, big one coming up. Conor Grammer commentary on Thursday. It's going at 6.45, 7 o'clock kickoff on the Thursday. So uh, massive, massive game, Prof. we got the drugs on Sunday away as well. We've all, Unless um, that's been cancelled or changed. We've all become experts, haven't we, in Albanian weather the last week. We, we know exactly how many degrees it'll be at night at night. Just constant screenshots of Albanian weather, I noticed in, in the chat. I know. I know but, um, it's just like we're like they'll have to come out and play, won't they? Hundred percent, man. They're one nil so, down. They have to come out and play and show us what they're made of, which will suit us big time. And um, right. I saw Marvini Perth quotes. He's saying that um, the European arenas inspire their players. Um, well, basically, what he's getting at is. Stadia that are better than League of Ireland grounds tend to help us raise our game, which has been the case, I suppose. Yeah, look it's at pretty us. much saying we play in a shithole. Yeah. So everything else is better. If you look at us in Sweden three years ago, uh, Brand was also a nice little stadium. Cyprus, I mean, just playing in these grounds, it just it does tend to raise our performance. I, yeah, I, I actually don't know much about this ground now, but whatever it is, it's better than Oriel. We, we can assume that. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> it depends, doesn't it? Depends what yeah. part of Albania you're in. Um, and we also know who our opponents will be in the playoff round should we get there. Yeah, it's official. It's going to be our old pals, Flora Tadden. Yes, and that gives us throwbacks to 2011, one of the more uh, beloved trips was talent and um, all sorts going on there. And me and Prof aren't done it ourselves, but it's always been um, a good memory for most hoops. So, Yeah, they lost yeah. on uh, penalties to Ammonia and uh, Nicosia. So, we Flora better than, better than we thought they were. I mean, they, they won the second leg 2-1, took it to extra time penalties. So, yeah, well, it won't be easy if we get there. But definitely, yeah. Preferable. We're all focused on Thursday. All eyes on Thursday, prop. I'm st- still preferable, though. I'm glad. I'm glad we won't have to go to Cybers again. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. But yeah, so that is it for this week, prop. All eyes on Thursday. It's a big one. So um, yeah, keep on hooping. See ya. Seventeen, we fell in love, high school sweethearts. 
was so brand new We took the vows of man and wife Forever for life I remember how we made our way A little patience The times we prayed Can't imagine that this love is through Feeling the pain, girl When you lose Oh What a mess we made so long ago You were 